Okay, my mic. Um, can you guys hear me? Can you give me a thumbs up or something? Um, my mic is doing little crazy things. Okay, great. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. I know Twitter has been um, a little glitchy, so I um, am going to uh, hope today uh, will allow us to have a little, um, you know, uh, decent conversation without being too glitchy. Um, I won't have my uh, normal fabulous co-host, uh, Gwen, in here. She may come in to listen, but she is recovering from COVID. She is feeling better, but um, she's um, not quite there yet. And hopefully next week um, she will be. But um, so I'm carrying it alone, but uh, not really, because you guys are what make the conversation go. And I really just want to thank you all for always coming and, and joining uh, me and Soul Sister when she's here. Uh, any spaces that I have, I can't tell you how grateful I am for your support, and your contributions, because truly, um, you make the spaces what they are. And I feel like last week we had some pretty great spaces, thanks to you guys. And um, I have put a few things up in the nest that I am hoping I'll get some folks to come up and chat with me about. I know that uh, Mark is probably working, so hoping that he will have an opportunity uh, to come up and give us some updates on some of the legal cases, because I think uh, I'm not sure which one, because there's so many, my brain is just clogged with um, information overload at this point. But one of them, I think, is actually being heard today. Um, and then, of course, I know that you guys have, you know, at this point, you have to be living under a rock not to have heard about our lieutenant governor here. He, I mean, folks, he made SNL. <laughs> so, you have to be pretty awful. Um, and um, he is. And at this point, I think that so much attention has been um, brought to the hypocrisy of his behavior. And he's not alone. He's just the one that got caught, unfortunately. But um, he is likely going to resign because they uh, it's not a good look for them. And uh, the unfortunate thing, like this man, he's he's been in the state house uh, since I was in high school. So it is time for him to go. But I also think it's kind of interesting because on our last uh, election, um, they tried to pass a ballot initiative that um, had something to do with him. I have to go back and look at it because, like I said, I'm kind of in one of these information overload moments. But uh, L.A. Badass has come up to join me, and I'd love to hear um, what's on her mind today. So how are you? Hi, everyone. Hi, Dee. Hey, uh, how are you? I'm doing fabulous. Um I, I guess I'll start on a high note and a reminder that we have a lot on our plate, but a lot of it is ongoing. Um, so here in Mexico, provided, you know, you're here legally-ish, uh, you can get like 80% of your vaccines for free. So on top of that, the health secretary representatives came to our house, which is like off the charts, right? And so I just got my flu shot. 
That is um, awesome. <laughs> so I, I am blessed. I, I, I just, and I'm sharing that only also because, you know, we, we have a lot of uh, things in our health system that really need to be looked at uh, in depth. But um, since I'm in, I was in banking for 10 years, I'm just going to skip to that. Uh, I'm going to offer my point of view briefly, but if you have questions, I'll, I'll still be around, of course. Um, I am so grateful to Secretary Yellen that she has decided to not go full on bailout. To be clear, it is a bit of a bailout, all right? But the difference is that um, the fees, the, the money, I should say, is, is, is coming from the FDIC trust fund that banks, that member banks and credit unions, in fact, are a part of. However, I'm gonna be honest, uh, there's always been that saying from Economics 101, there's no such thing as a free lunch. So it may not come from our taxes, but I do feel it will come in the form of perhaps higher interest rates and further inflation. So what does that mean for you? First of all, a lot of, a lot of people prefer credit unions. I'm kind of on the fence. This, this is what I, I do want to stress. You always want to check who you're dealing with, period, right? It doesn't matter if it's an insurance company. It doesn't matter if it's a bank. Uh, obviously, somebody reputable, somebody that does have FDIC insurance. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Uh, most people should have at least a couple accounts. Um, also, this, I don't, I don't see a whole domino effect, but I do, I do feel the government is kind of keeping things on the low with First Republic and, and possibly another bank or two. Um, is it going to be an 08? Right now, I doubt it, but it's always a good idea just to keep your eyes and ears open. Um, as I mentioned on my page, follow me if you just want to hang. Uh, it's a good idea now that we're in March to have your financial checkup, to check your investments, to check your savings, uh, check your college plans for your kids, whatever it is that you have, or even if you don't have, it's always a good idea to start during tax season, putting away that money, taking advantage of tax deductions. So that's pretty much it. Uh, I'm trying to be optimistic, uh, but certainly these banks that are holding cryptocurrency, right now I don't recommend <laughs> those banks. I'm not like totally against crypto, but certainly a banking thing right now, the way things are going is not a good idea. It's, it's certainly something to keep with an exchange like Coinbase, you know, the big ones, Coinbase, Crypto.com, et cetera. But uh, I'm, of course, looking forward to what everybody has to say today about uh, the, the uh, Satan Lieutenant Governor. Uh, of course, there's also Satan in Florida. Et cetera, et cetera. So yes, blessings. Thank you. Thank you so much, L.A. Bladass. I appreciate it. And uh, we do have another uh, kind of uh, financial, uh, some uh, one who can speak to that financial sector. I'm so glad that he has an opportunity to come and join us. And that would be Fish. I'm looking forward to hearing um, his take on this uh, as well. And I did put the clip of what the president said. And I had, um, I love, you know, that 
that his three, you know, uh, major takeaways for me, I'm just going to, he was like, you know, no investors, they're not getting protected. And the, the managers, they're fired, you know, and, you know, customers, small businesses, and those people will be protected. And um, accountability uh, is going to be had. They're, they're looking to do, um, you know, further um, things to reduce uh, the risk. And I think this is, again, another great opportunity to point out that um, the Republicans uh, did not want regulation. I mean, I think there's, um, you know, clips of Donald talking about, you know, taking, you know, um, doing away with Dodd-Frank and, you know, this and in, in this at the same time, you know, the derailment in Ohio. They didn't want the regulation. And this is part of their platform. No taxes, no regulation. But, you know, then when these things happen, you know, who's who's to fix it? Who's to blame? And I think it's so interesting, uh, but no coincidence that, you know, when Obama, you know, we had eight years of Bush and um, after Bush, you know, we almost had a an economic collapse and Obama came in and uh, kept us from going off the cliff. Now, we only had four years of Trump, but he rammed through so many things uh, during those four years. Look at where we are again and, you know, ram through and, you know, trying to remove regulations and things that the previous administration had put in place to keep our country safe. You know, not just talking about um, banking and, you know, like um, our um, safety, our public safety, but, you know, our health safety. I mean, he he tore up the the uh, pandemic plan. So, you know. Anyway, I go on. But Fish, I'm looking forward uh, to hearing your take on this financial um, crisis that we're, you know, experiencing now. And then uh, from Tiff, because I know she's going to bring us some, some great updates and things to be looking out for as well. So how are you today, Fish? Well, hey, hey, D. Uh, thanks so much uh, for the space and the mic. I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to kind of relinquish my my white guy card and say that <laughs> I don't have a whole lot to say uh, because um, uh, L.A. Badass just actually friggin nailed it. And and I, I'm excited by that, not because I feel like there's too much ignorance out there. What people know about, people know about and that's it. But what people talk about when they don't know about something, that's an that's an ignorant choice. And there's so many people and not just on the right, that are doing a whole lot of talking about a whole lot of stuff that they don't know anything about. So I was sitting over here just getting super excited to hear her say that. That's exactly right. You know, like it's it's not technically a bailout, but it is kind of like everything else that the government provides a backstop for ultimately going to be a bailout. And that's exactly what it'll come in the form of. Higher rates, higher inflation. And I kind of, I don't want to sound like a conservative. I just want to sound like a grown-up. It's important that everybody knows what they're talking about and what we're actually dealing with. So you, I get so frustrated because you have to ignore the people like the Nina Turners. And I'm not even good at it. I'm actually taking time out of my day to respond to her. And I can't stand it. I know. It. I was like, um, look at this. Uh, I can't. I, it, you know what? It's because it's harmful. It's harmful to be Absolutely. that bad at, at arguing yes. apples to oranges 
just for the sake of getting it's misinformation. You ever notice that? Yes, which is harmful. (laughs) No one talks about Nina Turner and what she does until she talks about something that someone else is saying or doing. So there's nothing there about her. So the bigger the, the, the prize for her is the bigger person she can knock down. So that's why now all of her stuff is starting to sound very MAGA. And um, I, I just I can't take it because you don't sit there and say, oh, well, hey, let's let's just cancel everything now. Let's just pay for everything now if we can pay for these banks. I, that all that so shows stupid. is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we, we should all know how we got here. You know, and here's the chain of events. Right. Uh, we we had to spend a lot of money to solve a lot of problems due to a pandemic. Fine. That doesn't mean that we should ignore the fact that we're paying. Up, I mean, what have I been saying for a long time? Let's lean into it. Yes, we created some of the inflation because we had to. Thank God we did it. Let's lean into that. But let's also admit that that's what happens. The chain, you spend money, you create inflation. Yeah, one third was from our spending, our demand. The rest, we can all say bottleneck in supply chain all we want. But one third of that came from us spending money more. We spent more money because we gave out money and we needed to. And there were payroll tax credits and there were PPP loans. So there was a lot of new money put into the system, or I should say just more available money. And that's part of what creates inflation. But we had to do it. So now we have to put out higher rates to rein it in a little bit because we all started complaining about inflation and rightly so. So now we put out rates. We, we, you know, we're raising our rates. Okay, well, let's all just take each step and let each thing work the way it's supposed to work. Because if we start saying things like Nina Turner says, what do you think is going to happen? It's just another cycle. Spend more money. Oh, well, that's kind of that's kind of going against what these rates are supposed to do. So I, you know, just ignore what she's saying. But that's why it was so nice to hear that, um, you know, I mean, I was just saying to somebody yesterday, unfortunately, the higher the higher number of people that are Republicans in finance is something that almost confuses everybody to the point where they think only Republicans know anything about finance. And it's, of course, not true. But um, we, you know, we just we don't we don't see it very often. And so it's really nice to see that people are actually going to speak on something that they know instead of just speaking for their ego, because it's really dangerous to do the opposite, because it's just what makes everybody else out there think that we're completely unserious. And, you know, to the extent that Nina Turner is part of the big tent, well, it just makes, it makes big tenting hard. So uh, I didn't have any other views that uh, Badass didn't already say. We've been talking about it in this other chat, which I'm now looking at the room, I recognize that there aren't, and there aren't that many of you still in it, I guess. But there's a lot of um, a lot of stuff that we've been talking about in there that I think was already said. And the president said, I did put up above two articles. Oddly enough, the New York Post is kind of doing a good job with this um, Michael Burry story. Uh, that's the guy from The Big Short. And, yep. <laughs> um, you know, I put that up to, for two reasons. I think it's a good explanation. And in this other chat that I was talking about, I guess two days ago or three days ago, I had said this is much more like the dot com bubble. And he says that in That's, there, so I'm I'm taking that victory lap. I am not <laughs> even financially versed, you know, like like you guys. Mm-hmm. And that was exactly how I felt. Um, it, it it felt to yeah. me, you know, just as a citizen, a lay person, you know, having you know just a you know a, a little bit of understanding. It's true. What 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 we have uh, what we have now is 
2008 was what I would consider, I mean, we call it in the community, the, the great financial collapse. So that was a big, that was a collapse of credit. Okay. So um, these, these swaps, yes, there was a ripple effect that affected everything everywhere, so to speak. And there was a reason that that was unique. This is a lot more like the dot-com bubble in that. And I'll, I'll dig up a chart. You, you called on me so quickly, but I'll dig up a chart. But back in 2000, 2001, um, it'll spook you when I show you the chart, but it looks a whole lot right. like it does now. It's <laughs> just that we, we entered the bear market a little faster last time. So I'm not saying that that'll provide a floor here, but we're almost surely headed in the same direction. So, um, but th what really happened is we all got so distracted um, with the pandemic that a lot of people may not recognize, even though Bernie says what he says, there was a ton of greed <laughs> that, that was put into place by people in 2021. And I think all of that greed is hitting a whole lot of fear that's coming this year. Cause there's no question that, you know, we're, we're heading into the recession of maybe not the kind that we'll all feel, but, um, well, we are, we just, we will be. So, um, so you have 2021's fear. I mean, greed is smashing up against the reality and the fear of 2023. And that's why these banks are now in a kind of a crap position. Uh, a lot of it is greed. A lot of it is also, we have to remember, because they raised rates so fast. Yeah. We've, yep. Even though these rates aren't as high as they were in, say, the 80s, we've never actually raised them this right. quickly. And, and a lot of these... Without getting too... Tech firms are laying off. Oh, sorry. You know, that was a big signal yeah. for me that, you know, something's going, something's amiss there, you know, because um, across right. the board and if, and if in you every don't, state. Like, if you think of, uh, um, I don't want to give everybody a class in finance, but if you just think of banking kind of like, just remember a few axioms, like flow is always greater than stock. Okay, so, so um, if you, um, it's all about changes and direction. It's not so much about, uh, how do I put this? If you, all right, let's say you're, let's say you're a drug dealer. Okay. <laughs> Your drug dealer goes to prison. Okay. What do you do? What happens now? Think of withdrawal. Think of what happens now. It really doesn't matter how much, how much, how many, you know, how long you've been taking drugs and how much you were doing the day before. And that's kind of what's happening now. Like all of a sudden, you know, this money is not affordable anymore. And, uh there's really no way that it doesn't shock the system. So, uh, and there were definitely, this bank was horribly run, very risky. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but they're far from the only ones that are going to feel this. Yes. So, um, and it's, um, thank you so much, Fish. I appreciate that. And if you can find that, that graph, I would love for you to share that with us um, as well. And, you know, like I said, I think it um, is not lost on us that, what's his name, um, Teal, Peter, and um, the CEO moved large sums of money <laughs> um, beforehand. So, you know, I, I'm curious to see where that ends up, uh, how that ends up playing out, because I don't believe in those kind of coincidences. <laughs> so they all, they, I mean, not only did they, there was at least four officers that did, but on top of that, the, I didn't even know this was a position, but the chief, uh, the chief operating administrator. Guess who this guy was? This guy was the last CFO <laughs> at Lehman when they crashed. Right. So that's exactly the kind of person 
that you bring in <laughs> for this kind of an operation. You know, th that's not a coincidence. So, yeah, no, this is this was crooked as a corkscrew. Exactly. Um, so anyway, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how this story plays out. And um, I, again, like I said, do appreciate you financial um, whizzes, um, you know, keeping us informed. And again, you know, making sure that we are all uh, informed enough to be able to fight, you know, um, misinformation and to recognize it when we see it from people who have no, you know, uh, financial, you know, um, understanding or, you know, uh, concerns either. You know, this, this is, you know, she's speaking purely from a political ideology um, and and it's not helpful i i can't wait i have not had an opportunity but you know we have another santos like like we tennessee i don't know we've got everything down here because you know we have a a, a santos like um, representative there ogles andy ogles and um, he has touted himself to be an economist so of course you know he has been shown to be a total fraud but i still just for you know giggles you know shits and grins as they say i want to go and you know see if, if he's opened his mouth on any of this but anyway that aside thank you so much fish looking forward to you sharing that chart with us and we're going to go next to uh tiff ally and then mark and again i want to thank you guys for being here please share and retweet the space and send continue still uh sending those uh healing thoughts and energy to my um, esteemed um, co-host, um, Soul Sister, who is here, but she is recovering. She's doing well, and we hope that she will be back next week. So thank you, uh, Tip. You have the floor. Happy Monday. Hope everyone is doing good today. Oh, my gosh. It was it's been a morning. <laughs> Phil forgot to change the clock. No, so, no, no, yeah. he did it. <laughs> yes, he did because he because he got up yesterday morning and I don't pay Yay. attention to that clock. I I just I just I'll use my phone and then this morning he came to bed like he was downstairs sleeping and then he came back to bed at like I don't know like two o'clock in the morning and then he woke up and he was like he was like did you change the clock and I said no and then he was like oh my god it's seven eleven he he usually leaves at like seven forty five so. I was like, oh, my God, this man is crazy. So, yeah, that was how my morning started. But overall, it's been it's been fine. Otherwise, a um, couple of things from since we're talking about news, um, just so you guys know, I don't know if people are aware of what Project Willow is, but this has been something that is happening in Alaska and the climate activists have been really like on the Biden administration about this, about the decision that was going to come out. It looks like Biden has approved. Um, it's kind of it, basically the premise is about drilling, um, you know, oil to get oil, obviously. Um, and Biden originally said he wasn't going to do that. But I mean, we're in a we're in a different climate and things have changed. And so they he, they approved it. People in Alaska wanted it. Um, at least the people that are, you know, Democrats and some Republicans wanted this. There is some risk in doing it. Um, so I'm waiting to hear his, you know, the, the 
the administration's kind of um, rationale behind it. But based on what was in the AP article that I had posted above in the Jumbotron, it basically said that the administration officials were concerned that ConocoPhillips' decades-old leases limited the government's legal ability to block the project and that courts may have ruled in the company's favor. So they kind of just went along with it. It's probably going to go to the court. They can send it to the court. And we already know what's going to happen there because, as we've talked about, it is a <laughs> it is a conservative court. So, listen, the 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 Sunshine Kids are already mad. Uh, progressives are already mad. They're going to have to get over it. Um, we don't we don't always get what we want, and that's something that we all have to recognize, right? We didn't yeah, get because as rights. the Republicans love to say, we are a country of lo- rules and laws and rules. Exactly. You know? And I'm pretty and I'm pretty sure when we when we go back and look at it, I'm sure Trump probably changed some deregulation that allowed these things to happen. Because, I mean, I know you guys were talking about the banks, but guess what? Trump had a hand in that, too. Trump had a lot of hands in deregulation in this. Exactly. He was busy going uh, destroying this democracy. And we are going to be probably, you know, decades down the road uh, discovering things that he broke. (laughs) Yep. That's what my mom texted me first thing this morning. She was like, because she works in financials. So she, you know, they're monitoring everything. Um, Even even my workplace has been impacted because of Signature Bank. Not me, not our job specifically, but because of clients that have that bank. So we, there is an impact that people will be feeling from this. And we, and like you said, it's going to be years and years and years down the line that we're going to find out whether it's the trains, whether it's, you know, financials, the Trump administration was busy and they were doing things to deregulate our government and our, our financial systems and our train and our, our, you know, our rail system. And we don't even know how deep this goes. Right. So we're going to have to we're going to have to deal with the, the outcomes of that and hope that the Biden administration can, you know, reverse some of these things before it gets to the point of you a, know, a derailment or or yeah a failure oh, exactly derailment. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean we i mean if you think about it i mean financially this is a derailment um of a different kind it's it, not a physical it's a financial derailment, derailment. yes yes the financial derailment and we're gonna continue to see this happening over and over again and sadly there is going to be people that are, you know, obviously lives are impacted. I mean, businesses have their money, you know, in this bank. And thankfully, they came up with a solution. So thank you, you know, to the L.A. Badass and Fish for explaining that, um, you know, how this impacts. I mean, people people had their money there. And, and thankfully, the government, you know, has has some kind of um, ways to, to help these people get their money back. Can you imagine you have millions, I mean, millions of dollars in a bank. And you are and you couldn't get your money out. I mean, as a business, that's not that's not feasible. Like these people were freaking out. I mean, I got a call yesterday about this too from like I said, from one of one of the people in my job, you know, kind of, you know, saying this is what's going to happen. I mean, like we have to jump through hoops on a Sunday. Damn near. Like this is a Sunday. I don't want to talk about work, but I knew once she called me, I was like, "Uh oh, something is not right. And so, you know, we made stuff happen. But the fact that we have to do that is pretty is pretty telling on the situation that we're in. So, there. Will uh, be Tiff, more- if you don't mind, Tiff, uh, what what industry are you in? Are you in like accounting or? No, I'm in healthcare. 
Oh, you're in healthcare. Okay. And see, Got and it. so that's how we're so interconnected. Like all of these things, they have um, um, yep. a, a domino effect on, on various different industries. Yeah, I work in healthcare. So this is not something that should have been, but people have money in banks. I mean, clients have money in banks. Um, and guess what? Those people are scared. I mean, they're, they're freaking out. Like, okay, I have my money there. What am I supposed to do now? And now they're spinning their wheels trying to figure out who now, who now to put their money with and get their money out and all this other stuff. And it's a, like you said, a trickle down effect on, on, on all industries, because at the end of the day, these are still businesses. And these businesses have to function and everyone is freaking out. I mean, thankfully, the stock market looks like it's doing pretty OK today. But, you know, it is it is still an impactful thing. So um, there's just there's just a lot that is going on um, that I think people are you know, starting to realize. <laughs> I hope they're starting to realize the things that Trump has done and what we will continue to, to, to deal with the fallout from all the foolishness that they were doing and, and they only did it in four years. Right. I mean, exactly. We, we, you know, they, they ramped term, it up it took one term for them to kind of dismantle and destroy so much. And, you know, so I saw a post about COVID and I'm just like, okay, yes, COVID too. I mean, people, we are, we are missing. And sadly, so many people have died. Millions of people have died. And it's like, okay, this country has become so, like, so numb to so much. And COVID because isn't of it. over. At all. Yeah, I mean, I had COVID last month. Um, I know people, I mean, Geechee, he had COVID last week. I mean, we, we are still, people are still getting COVID. I mean, it's not, yes, there, there is medicine. There's ways to treat it now. You know, people aren't dying at such a rapid rate that they were before, but it is still out there in society. I mean, like like you said, I mean, you know, people people are getting sick. And so and that and that's not even to mention the long term effects. I mean, I had COVID in January, the end of January. I'm still not a hundred percent. I still have, you know, shortness of breath sometimes. I still have brain fog. I don't know that I necessarily have long COVID. But there are but people who do. Still, yeah, and there are plenty of people who do, and you don't know what those impacts will be years and years and years down the line, right? We know people have had heart attacks. We know people have had strokes. We've even, you know, we know people had COVID who died in their sleep, our, our good friend Lynn, right? So we don't know if that was what caused it, but we, we can surmise that it, it might have, Right. And so there's a lot there's just a lot of things that the, 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 the Trump administration has done that Biden has had to clean up. And I don't think that people give Biden and, and VP Harris enough credit um, for, for doing the things that they're doing. Are, do, are they perfect? Absolutely not. Do they you know, do, can we criticize them? Sure. But we are also understanding the good that they have done. So that we can, we see the difference, right? There's a big difference Absolutely. than what was happening and, in 2020. And the circumstances as, as under which they have had to exactly. do it. Like with our previous Democratic president, the same thing. Um, you know, they yep. have had a lot of obstacles to overcome. But in spite of them, they have accomplished so many things that have made life better for us. And I can't think yeah. of 
you know, anything that the former administration um, did in in that respect. And and speaking of which, he spoke about, I got to find that, his budget, like his budget, he, uh, oh, uh, yeah. uh, was- President Biden's budget, he plans to bring back the top child tax credit again you know um this is something that they um they could have extended but they didn't they you know they like to scream about how they're for the working people and they're pro-life and like everything everything that they do is only for a select few and it harms the vast majority of Americans, even some who vote for them. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And they don't care. Again, we, I mean, we've had this conversation many, many times. I know sometimes though, the logic makes my like, head hurt. <laughs> the logic makes no sense. And some people just vote for, you know, for, for white supremacy. I mean, that's what they, they vote for. The fact that there is such a diverse group of people in the white house, um, we have a black woman in. Um, it drives um, in them the crazy. It drives them mad. Yes. I mean, these people, and that's that was the other thing I was going to talk about, just really briefly. Just like yesterday, with all of the, you know, that article came out. Obviously, we had a space. Mark and um, and Renee hosted it. It was a really good space. Um, just kind of talking through the article and what we felt about. You know, it was like a little venting session about Warren and kind of all the things that have happened over the last couple of years, but. I think what what I noticed yesterday more than anything was how many bots were coming out of the woodwork when I posted something about VP. I mean, these people are relentless. They're still coming to my comments and they're still saying crazy stuff, quote tweeting me. I mean, I I even had some crazy stuff trickle into my timeline. And at one point I was going to respond to it and I was like, no. No, but I'm glad to know what you're trying to do. There was this one woman who, because someone jumped in there and got all over her, but she was trying to use, you know, some Latin legalese basically to oh say, you know, the, that that VP because her mom moved her to Canada. Like, the same I shit that, that they said with Obama. Oh I'm like, are you kidding me? Going. Are you kidding me? Oh God. People were going in on that lady. I know Carol was trying to report her. I mean, these people are insane. Like, where do you get this foolishness from? But this is what we've been dealing with for four years on this app of people just coming up with the most asinine reasons to hate Kamala, keep calling her a cop. I mean, you name it. And you're getting it from all corners, right? It's not even just the MAGA people. You're getting it from you know, from, from parts from, of the left from, that that are not parts of the left, know. or as, as you know, as we the anti-democrat Democrat crew, right? Who doesn't like democracy? Period. Or they don't like Democrats, or they don't like Republicans. They're kind of just stuck in the no, middle. They, these people we'll, are a nihilist. I mean, they don't want it. Yeah. Want, well, there you go. You. That's a good word to use. I mean, they're bigots. They're crazy. I don't know. There's a many word we can use to describe them. But those people are causing havoc on this app too, right? So you, you're you getting it from all corners of, of people, um, black, white, in between. It doesn't even matter. Whatever their ideology is, you're getting it from all over. So just be vigilant um, and, and watch who's coming into your circle too, right? Because... There are people who are trying to infiltrate our circles and trying to become friendly and trying to, you know, act like 
we don't see what they're trying to do. No, we see what y'all are trying to do. It's pretty obvious, right? And so I, I see it for what it is. I've been calling it out for months and months and months, and I will continue to call it out because there it's, it's becoming really, really suspect to me when you start seeing brand new people, and trust me, we want as many people to come join our community and our coalition, but we vet people. We we have to see if you are trustworthy, and trust me, there are some people who just are not trustworthy. So you start to see the patterns, and you see kind of who they're talking to and who they're involving themselves with, and you're like, yeah, no, that's and, not and my And the hobby. ideology that they push when they're not in front of you or around you because they know your right. ideology. <laughs> Right, right. It's so fake, right? It's like the it's a very fake thing that they're trying to do. And if I see you hanging out with bigots in spaces, then yeah, I'm probably gonna th- I'm gonna start thinking you are a bigot too. You know, this it's like it's not a it's not an uncommon. If I see you in a maga space and you're you know just kind of sitting there and being a little bit nosy, but then I go to your timeline and I see that you are conversing with these people. And you're saying things, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm nosy as hell. I'm gonna look because I, guess what? I don't want ops around me. And I have talked about ops for many, many years on this app. And they are, they are prevalent and they are around us. So watch your fucking back. Period. Point blank. Yes, and some of them look like us, unfortunately. Um, and um, that is the most heartbreaking part. <laughs> but at the same time, we have to continue. Like I said, we know what our um, uh, mission is, you know, um, what we have to do. So I am so thankful and grateful um, to you and others in this community who are able to spot them, um, who combat them when necessary and keep us um, informed um, about them and their behavior. So thank you so much, Tiff. I appreciate it. Um, I'm going to go next to Allie and then Mark and Sean. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Really nice to see everyone in the room. Thank you so much for having the space, Dee. Um, and thanks very much to LA Badass and to Fish uh, for your initial explanation there of the the banking situation. Just to let you know how much these things echo, um, they carried President Biden's uh, very brief statement live on French TV here. Um, so, you know, th- these things echo across the world. Um, I remember being here in 2008. Uh, and that sinking feeling that I had when, when the news was coming out. Um, and as Fish said, this is, and Emily Badass has said, this is not exactly the same situation, but uh, it echoes across the world. And um, I did put up, uh, just, just for reference sake, I was actually surprised, Forbes um, put up a, a, an informative statement that actually criticizes the previous uh, administration that, there that's in the, in the nest describing Dodd-Frank and the Consumer Protection Act that was uh, done away with by Trump. So if you want that background that you had re- you had referenced just a little while ago, that Forbes article um, straight out of the financial se- sector, there they have it right there. So um, thanks so much. And I wish everybody good luck. Thank you very much for all the information that is shared in this community. It's... Um, 
comforting and we will all work together to help each other get through things together. Um, and uh, thank you very much. All the best, you guys. Thank you, Allie. We appreciate you, too. And again, like I said, one of the things I love is that you are able to give us in real time, like we can read stories about, you know, what they're thinking or saying, but you're you're there and you can tell us in a way that even those that may be there as reporters uh, can't speak to. So I am always grateful and thankful for your, uh, you know, that perspective that you can bring uh, to the things that are going on here, uh, because you have a vested em- interest as well. But, um, you know, because even though you're living there, I mean, this is your home, you still vote here. But we are all, you know, all of our countries, really, our lives, our humanity is interconnected. So it really is important for us to have um, a sen- a geopolitical, you know, um, sense of, of what is going on um, with regards to our democracy and, you know, of course, our country's financial stability, because again, um, that's imp- an important part of our democracy as well. And we can talk about how, you know, when people seek to destroy that, um, your financial stability, it is also a way of destroying your democracy. You know, when your money, you know, doesn't mean as much or have, you know, as much clout, um, then you don't. So uh, thanks so much, Ali. I appreciate it. And looking forward to hearing next from um, Mark. I know he's uh, got some legal updates to share with us. And then Sean. And Sean, let me know. You, you have a few moments to, because uh, I know a lot of you, Mark, you and she both are at work probably. Yes. Okay. Mark, uh, what's on the legal agenda today? Well, just uh, picking up where we left off on on Friday and uh, some of yesterday, uh, Michael Cohen's in, uh, he's going to be testifying before the Manhattan grand jury today, um, and that is a yeah. You know, and also, I know uh, he is pre- so happy. He probably woke up like he was going to church. <laughs> Correct. And remember, he hasn't testified before a grand jury before. A lot of us think he has, but he has not. <laughs> Excuse me. He has but not. he's been itching Jeez. to. It ain't because he hasn't wanted to. Right. And so, um, but he's, he's spoken to a lot, uh, like the Manhattan DA's office 20 times. So this, this testimony is going to be very well prepped. Um, he testified before Congress, remember, and he lied to Congress. That's what got him in trouble and, and why, you know, he, he did three years in prison. Um, and uh, Donald Trump has refused to uh, give the grand jury any testimony to uh, buy him through his lawyers. He's not going to be um, as as expected. He has a Fifth Amendment right, and it wouldn't it wouldn't really do anything. Um, so uh, he's not testifying. Michael Cohen is. So this is the this is the last phase. So uh, you know, I, I almost want to say welcome to Trump Indictment Week, uh, because I you know I unless I there's something out there that I just don't know, and none of my None of my spidey senses uh, can can uh, hook into it. Um, Trump is going to be indicted this week, I think by by Friday, uh, at least on the Manhattan case. And I think what's 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 going to happen with that is it's going to like wake the other prosecutors up and say, okay, let's go, let's get our stuff going too. Because uh, sometimes when when uh, when somebody when when a, you know a colleague is winning, you want to win too. You want to get a part of that part of the action. So I think that Jack Smith and Fannie Willis are going to be more than motivated. Right. I think she uh, will be, it, it will be a tie kind of between which one of them go first, because I think they're both like ready. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's what's going on. We're going to uh, oral argument on the abortion pill case in Texas is going to happen on Wednesday. Um, so that's going to be pretty big. 
Um, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Remember, this is a Trump appointed judge that he's just, you know, rapidly against abortion. So don't expect any kind of ruling from him. This is a little bit different, though, because um, the FDA has jurisdiction over, over um, you know, the Federal Drug Administration has jurisdiction over this. I, I, I'm interesting. I'm interested to see what his legal cover is going to be to take the uh, abortion pill off the market. Um, and so we'll, we'll see what happens with that oral argument. And then also whether when it gets appealed, whether they would stay his decision pending appeal. Uh, because that's the, I, I think this is one of those things that's going to get stayed. Um, also, also, um, <clears throat> five Texas women have sued the state of Texas um, for uh, risking their lives because of the abortion ban. Um, I posted this case yesterday because it's the kind of case that you want to go up to the Supreme Court. Um, and I, I know we don't want to really, you know, test the six three, um, the six three court, but it's the kind of pragmatic pragmatic case that says if you ban abortion like what do you what are you actually thinking you're doing right if, if, if a state can ban abortion what are they doing like, i mean they're as far they're as actually uh, banning some health care right exactly and, and and a person's health care is is their is within the privacy of their body like between them and their doctor so it's actually literally the state getting involved in in women's health care and how, how a doctor can treat women, but not men. Not only is it a violation of equal protection clause, but it's, it's just fundamentally against the, the, the idea of personal autonomy and the right to privacy. So I love that these women are doing this. I think we're going to see a lot more of these cases that are going to they're not just chip away, but take a big chunk away from the state being able to do a ban on anything that's related to healthcare. Um, because how, so... It's going to be interesting to see what what occurs, and I think that what's going to have to occur occur is that the state is going to have to identify specifically what it's banning. It can a, a vague ban on abortion is not going to be good enough, and this is where I think this is going to tear the Republicans apart when they have to specifically identify what is an abortion, what is not an it, abortion, because some miscarriages are abortions. Yes, and it already Technically. is, because some of them here in, you know, my state, which is, you know, some of these strictest abortion bans, there are some of them, Republicans, who already want to uh, have some exceptions, but they don't have enough of their buddies on board yet. But the push is going to continue because uh, the stakes are going to continue to get higher and there will be, you know, continued examples. Unfortunately, you know, people's lives put at risk, which, you know, will continue to push this case that you've got to to say you've got to name it. What is it exactly that you're banning? Um, because it's also um, affecting doctors and their ability to fully practice um, their, you know, their craft. You know, like OBGYN doctors, they're putting them in horrible situations. Correct. And um, <clears throat> the reason why the reason why I'm saying it's along the lines of privacy is because. Because, you know, the, the argument is that abortion is not in the Constitution. Well, neither is privacy, but the Supreme Court itself has made a right to privacy. And that right to privacy is not going to be upended. There, there's always going to be a right to privacy in the Constitution. It's, well, I mean, it's, it's among the penumbra of rights that were come from the Fourth and Fifth Amendment or the Fourteenth Amendment, excuse me, and the Fourth Amendment, search and seizure, 
those kind of things. You have a right to, you know, privacy of your own home, of your own car, to some extent, of your own locker, to, to a little bit of an extent on, on high school campuses, and your own body, for the most part. That's what actually, you know, like, personal autonomy is like, that's that's the, the, the essence of privacy is your own body. The government, imagine the government having to tell a man what he has to do with his with his little thingy, right? You know, like you, you, you have to like, whatever, just anything you can imagine about the government telling a man what to do uh, with, with, you know, it's his thingy. Um, so, um, and I, I like to say it like that because number one, it makes people laugh. Number two, it like actually makes people think, men think, like what if the government told you what to do with your little thingy? <laughs> um, so um, I, 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 was, I was speaking on, um, on the panel and I, I said that and like everybody got a kick out of it. Um, Lastly, um, so I, you know, look, looking forward to, to that to that case to see what happens. Um, I think that it's going to be a big case, and I, one of the sides is going to appeal no matter who wins, um, and then it's going to go to the Fifth Circuit, which I don't, this is going to be this is going to be a challenge for them. Then it's going to go to the Supreme Court. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge for them. And, and actually, I don't even think I don't. I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing where Amy Coney Barrett is going to come out in this because she might have to agree with the women in this lawsuit because, you know, the abortion ban almost killed them. Like literally almost, almost killed all the ladies that were involved in this because the doctors said they couldn't do anything. They had to wait. Um, and so um, lastly, um, I, I think that what, what we're seeing with regards to the Silicon Valley bank, I actually have friends that have money in that, uh, in that bank that um, uh, some, some tech friends that have startups that had money in that bank. Um, they're, they're, I mean, they're good, good now. It was kind of scary, but, what we're seeing, like, you know, with the train derailments, with, um, you know, the Iran um, getting closer to nukes with uh, with um, Dowd-Frank uh, deregulation is the stuff that Trump did, like, it really, it really hurt. It's really starting to, the tangibles are starting to, uh, the tangibility of, of how it hurts us is happening with the train derailments, him, him easing regulations on the braking systems, with uh, Dodd-Frank, him... Um, these mid-sized banks now are, you know, are, are deregulated. If they have less than $250 billion cash on hand, they don't have to do the stress test to see if they can absorb shock in, in, uh, in, in their systems. And this was almost a direct result of why SVB uh, failed. Also with like, you know, because of inflation and the rising rates, some of those people that are, you know, doing the stuff in the banks never dealt with inflation before. Cause remember, you know, we haven't had a inflation like uh, problem in in America for a long time, so a lot of these people don't really know how to, you know, they don't they don't know anything about inflation and, and the Fed's having to raise the interest rates. Um, so those long term bonds, like you know, got screwed over over like the pandemic, right? And then it's the pandemic. Nobody ever, nobody, no finance, nobody in finance ever went through a pandemic before, and it's come out of a pandemic, like you know. And so there's a lot of factors, and we we know the factors and why SVP SVB. Um, failed. And, and so hopefully everything that happened today with regard to Biden and them, uh, you know, responding to it, uh, it kept it pretty isolated. Big banks are not, uh, big banks are fine. Um, but, uh, you know, the these mid-sized banks, like, you know, I guess the next bank that they were worried about was First Republic this morning, but uh, First Republic is reporting fine. I, di- I, I did hear that they halted uh, uh, trading on financial, uh, financial stocks or something like that in Wall Street this morning just to make sure that uh, everything stabilized. Yeah, because it's still um, a aside, fluid situation. Yeah, I, I, aside from that, um, I, I don't see uh, any 
other, other than like, you know, they need to get those Dodd-Frank regulations back. Uh, well, he did speak up, to up that. Yeah, because they talked about, you know, part of their remedy um, for this was to, you know, in the accountability and to reduce risk, um, looking at, you know, some of these regulations, which, <laughs> um, you know, they knew would help. So, And, and the regulators are still there. And, and so, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious what they were doing here and, and not saying like, Hey, y'all got a problem. Um, that's the, I, so I, I, I do want to hear more about the actual regulators because there's still some regulation, even though this part was uh, deregulated, there's still somebody in, in the government that, that can say, you guys are going to have some problems. Right. And I, I and um, I'm sure they're uh, all very, very busy now, <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, that's pretty much right. it. Well, thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate it. I know you, um, all of you guys, many of you are, you know, busy at work. And I am so thankful that you take the time out to come. And I know you're going to keep updating us on the um, uh, legal cases that we're all looking at. So I thank you uh, so much for that today. And uh, like I said, I'm just always amazed and grateful to the wealth of uh, knowledge that is possessed in this community. And with that, I'm going to go. Go ahead. Real quick, real quick. Uh, remember, Michael Cohen, his, the key to his testimony today is not only the act of paying off Stormy Daniels, but it's the specific intent that ratchets up the, um, the crime from a misdemeanor to a felony. That what, that the, the, why, was it, why was Trump paying her off? It was to affect the, uh, the campaign so that he doesn't get hurt by, uh, by the by her saying like they had an affair so that's that's it was a it was a bribe to help his campaign and as an in-kind contribution so that this is why we know alvin bragg's going after the felony otherwise like um cohen really wouldn't matter because everybody said everybody says the payoff now what's gonna be interesting is whether giuliani actually if he i'm not sure if he's already done the grand jury testimony or not I i thought he did but um just to establish there was a payout uh, but this is a Cohen specifically his the most important part of his testimony is Trump's state of mind, his intent, specifically his specific intent to uh, help his campaign by paying off Stormy Daniels to shoot. Him. Right. And I, I think there's, you know, enough preponderance of evidence, but we'll we'll see. And I know that you'll keep us informed on that. So um, up next, we've got Sean and then LMZ. And I'm going to go back to Fish and L.A. Hi, Ms. D. Thanks for allowing me to speak and for the space. Um, I was going to post something in the Jumbotron that Marcos posted about Tim Scott um, saying that the Biden administration isn't what we need, you know. And I'm just like listening to all of the conversation about the, um, the banks failing and things like that. And I'm thinking... You know, why would he think he could do better? Um, And just how much, I don't know if it's ego or people are just delusional and thinking that they can do more than what's being done now. I'm not sure. Um, At this point, it's just part of their talking point. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, like Marco said, you couldn't even get 10 votes for the Voting Rights Act. So, you know, what what can you do? <laughs> but um, 
I was going to ask Fish, I know that they have um, indicated that they're going to fire the um, bank employees, but does that include like CEOs and, you know, dismantling their board of directors? Because, you know, I hate to think that people who are walking away with all of these bonuses are going to get all scot-free while, you know, the little bank manager is the one that's going to lose his job. So if you could elaborate on that a little bit for me, I would appreciate it. And thanks again. Well, thank you so much, um, Sean, for um, your your added input and uh, the great question to Fish. And um, Fish, you can go ahead and respond to that. Uh, you know what? If, I don't know if Badass knows more about it. I'm only up to speed on that for what I've read. Um, I, I get nervous anytime a new instrument or new institution is created to solve a financial problem because I think it, it necessitates more exposure. So, you know, these bonds look like they're a great deal, to be honest, uh, But for the banks. But the the verbiage that I've seen so far is that this kind of is our dream. Everybody that should pay the price is going to and everybody that really shouldn't isn't and I, by the way i said some things about student loans earlier i am not anti-student loan relief or anything like that i just wanted to be clear that if you have to protect people you kind of need to protect the people who are putting money into a bank before you protect the people who want to take it out but you know uh but i i do think that in this case yes all executives will be losing their jobs and more importantly they're going to lose their equity that's that's the big difference now, but creditors are not going to be protected either. In other words, if you're investing in this bank as an investment, you're not getting protection. You're obliged to do your homework. Um, I can show you some other charts. This bank was definitely a problem. It's, yeah. but it's, it's huge, but these guys, not to go against what Mark said, but just a finer point, these guys knew exactly what they were doing. Now, right. to what to what Mark did say, though, there are some people that have gone so far in their life because it's a short life so far that they haven't experienced enough inflation and they are not risk averse. And that's exactly what these guys are doing. They were operating like there's no risk. And that's what makes them unique. And, you know, but they're just so big. We're going to feel this everywhere. Uh, but, yeah, they they knew exactly what they were doing. This was just pure greed. Um, but yes. it, there was no risk aversion going on here. And, and they um, get used to so, the government, you know, when, when, you know, things fall apart, you know, these people who don't like regulation love for the government to come swoop in and, you know, fix it all. Well, <laughs> and it, exactly. And, and I was, you know, this, but, but I will say that this is, um, this is something that it's, it's going to work out well insofar as what the Biden administration is doing is it's, it's going to sort of it evades the, the, the morality of money issue, okay? Because right. we are not just taking taxpayer money and giving it to executives. We are literally providing a backstop, not even in the form of just a straight-up cash payment, okay? It gets kind of complicated to explain why these people wouldn't have been able to take money out, but it's, it, it's literally the best solution we could have for something like this right now, both politically, morally, and even financially. So provided it stops here, which kind of is to the point that I put, uh, what's his name? Jeff Jackson put a great video out. Um, if you, if anybody still doesn't know what happened and you want to just check out the, the tweet I put up there, it's great because it's unbiased. It's got nothing to do with party. It just tells you what happened, why we're where we are, and also why it needs to stop, you know, why you don't panic. 
But anyway, I'm off topic, Sean. Um, yes, I think the right people will be punished for this. Um, the problem is that, you know, people in my world were looking at this bank over a month ago because the San Francisco Home Loan Bank had already given these guys $15 billion in loans. So we were already looking at it saying, if this bank blows up, the exposure is going to be huge. And it's, here we are, you know. So, um, so it, it, yes, the right people are going to be punished. Uh, is there a middle-level bank somewhere that's going to get smashed? Absolutely. Um, that'll be unavoidable. But in terms of these guys losing their jobs and, most importantly, their equity, yeah, they're done. So that's all I can say. And the CEO loses his, his post. Well, he lost Can they Friday, get right? jail time? Uh, Can these people get jail time? I mean, because this is felony larceny as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, if somebody brings a case for, you know, for the for the stock sales, maybe. There's nothing illegal that went on here. This was yeah, just like bad. This was just, uh, <laughs> yeah, bad, bad bond bit. exposure, really. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I'll so, chime in then. Go ahead, Ali. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. Uh, so I'll chime in. I, I apologize. I ran back from the ladies' room. So I think Fish addressed a lot of it. I'm just going to dovetail. Um, the SEC is looking at the top brass. However, of course, I, I agree with Fish. Unfortunately, nothing illegal can be pinned unless the SEC finds something. Um, as to Mark's point, I do have to disagree a bit. This, this is a long time coming. Like Fish said, we're talking about years and years, not only deregulation, but of derivatives. Uh, in fact, I was going to strongly urge everyone, if you haven't seen it or you like Christian Bale, I do. Uh, you do want to watch The Big Short again. Okay. It, it delineates a lot of this stuff in detail, and it's amusing as heck. Uh, there is a bit of a, a housing crunch, though, too. So um, Barry's article, I just shared it again on, on my Twitter. It's on Fishes, of course, as well. But we're looking at so much. Uh, I called, uh, in fact, I'll recommend her later. There's another gal that's on my feed. We talk about this stuff all the time. Her name is KJ. Um, we have so much of a juggernaut going on between trading uh, these swaps, these relationships even, between bankers, mortgage dealers, and uh, even Moody's, okay? I'm gonna call out Moody's on this recording. Moody's had a lot to do with what happened uh, in both crises. They're not they're like to me. They remind me of the Better Business Bureau. If you're if you if you're a good person, yeah, they 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 like you okay. But if you give them a little incentive, then they're going to like you a lot more. All right. So the Moody's ratings are tarnished. Are not what they should be. And uh, I've always stressed that we need an independent, uh, a part of the SEC, Finra, whatever, uh, an independent rater. So people can know, it's like, okay, Morningstar says this. Well, let's see what the government says. And I'm not saying the government's perfect. I'm not saying the government should be involved in everything. But this is where they should be involved. In fact, I've gotten a lot of flack when I tell people, yeah, I, I'm a Democrat, but I believe in Occupy Wall Street. 
I believe in the sentiment that, that is involved. I believe in the need for not only reform uh, in Wall Street and banking, but the little chips and, and needles and things that uh, are in the trail. You know, uh, as uh, Tiff was saying, there, there is a big, uh, if you will, thread of, of industries that are affected when things like this happen. Uh, this definitely affects healthcare by, by several leaps. Uh, HSAs, uh, um, health insurance, uh, what's going to happen with uh, employer plans that may have been um, in these banks, uh, Signature or First Republic, what if they were holding 401ks? I did 401k education for several years. Uh, and as a reminder, 401ks are the first avenue that people have towards investing uh, especially if they're from another country. So there are going to be a lot of uh, things that we're going to have to look at. And, I, and I'll be the first to admit, I am not a Warren fan, but she will get some uh, kudos. If we listen to her, we're actually going to, you know, get more headway because a lot of what she says, she's a bankruptcy attorney, makes sense to some degree. Uh, but back to uh, Sean's question, it's just going to be the SEC for now, but if we put on our, you know, we say poner las pilas, if we get our charge up, our, our battery charge up, we can make a new OWS that makes sense, that is sensible, and, uh, you know, start, start uh, pulling away at all the, all the crap. That's, uh, that's it for me. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And again, um, Sean, great question. And uh, I appreciate um, Fish and LA being able to uh, respond um, to those questions from their, um, you know, um, experience in, in the industry. So again, uh, so grateful to both of you for being here today and sharing so graciously of your time and knowledge. And up next, I have LMZ. And uh, then I'm going to go back to Fish. Allie and Mark. Good afternoon, Dee. Thank you so much for the opportunity and always the honor to speak in advocacy arena. Thank you so much. Um, what I wanted to bring up briefly, and then I'll go back to the listener, is that um, in regards to the multiple things that are happening on state levels that have been discussed already in advocacy arena, um, North Carolina is following everything that Florida is doing exactly. Um, we have a ban on CRT in North Carolina. We have our own version of Don't Say Gay in North Carolina. We have... Um, catastrophic gun bills that will um, allow there to be concealed carry, um, no permits, lifetime permits, gun permits. Um, we're going to have an abortion ban um, at six weeks. Everything that you can think of that is happening in other legislations, legis state legislations, mostly gets the attention from Florida um, only, but we are copying, that copying. There's a direct line between what happens in DeSantis's General Assembly and what happens in the North Carolina General Assembly and our capital of Raleigh, North Carolina. Now, with that being said, people that follow this, like you, Miss D, and we're aware of Tennessee and that Tennessee has set the precedent with what they did last week in regards to the um, 
you know, same-sex marriage, interracial marriage, interfaith marriage now being um, questioned and that people will, um, state will, states will follow that. I only came up today um, because I thought it was imperative that in this space, in this space only, because the people in this space actually care about democracy, care about doing the work, and are aware of what's really on the line, which is, you know, fascism and authoritarianism, that tomorrow at the North Carolina Supreme Court, they are going to hear, um, again, a redistricting case, um, the ACLU and several other coalition of pro-democracy advocate groups, including um, um, ones that I'm closely affiliated with, to be downtown in Raleigh at the North Carolina Supreme Court because they're going to hear Harper versus Hall and Holmes versus Moore. These are two ginormous voting rights bills. These are legislative attacks on voting access that are going to have a significant impact on how elections are run in North Carolina ahead of the 2024 presidential election. I'm reading this from a press release about it. Simply put, the future of free, fair, and accessible elections is on the line in the Tar Heel State. That's tomorrow in my state. Now, this is me speaking without the news, the press release. We had the Republicans in our state legislature have been doing this for years and years and years. Many of you might know that people have actually gone to jail in my state in regards to trying to buy votes, change votes, um, all the dirtiness that the Republican GOP may do. Many of you know that the Supreme Court in this country said that my my state, they had never seen such racism with such surgical precision. That's a direct quote from the Supreme Court in regards to how horrible they were when it came to redistricting the state and trying to ensure that people's votes are, um, you know, oppressed, marginalized, and there is no more free and fair elections. So last fall, this was taken up to the North Carolina Supreme Court. The Supreme Court struck it down from the Republicans at the General Assembly and said, no, this is constitutionally wrong. This is unfair. This would not be free and fair elections. All right. So we all took a huge sigh of relief here in North Carolina. Foolish us. Foolish us. Because in North Carolina, our state Supreme Court justices come in by elections, which is why in 2020, the Honorable Sherry Beasley, who was the chief justice of North Carolina Supreme Court, she lost her seat by 498 votes in November of 2020. She would not have even been able to have her senatorial run if people would have been got off their lazy, apathetic asses and voted for her to retain her position as a black woman, the Supreme Court Justice of North Carolina Supreme Court. So no. So November 2022 comes. We vote in our Supreme Court justices in my state. Y'all already know what happened here. We couldn't get Sherry into um, D.C. So do you think people, you know, took the time to pay attention to the ballot here and go vote for the Supreme Court justices? Y'all already know the answer. So a, a Supreme Court that was more um, Democratic leaning and wasn't as conservative has now turned into a Trumplican MAGA North Carolina Supreme Court. So to make matters worse, 
the governor of my state, Governor Roy Cooper, and Attorney General Josh Stein, who is a Democrat who is going to be running against our Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson for the governorship of our state in 2024. And Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson is a Trumplican. He's a MAGA. He goes and speaks at CPAC. He goes and speaks at the NRA conventions. You can look him up. He's already been in trouble several times because he's violently anti-homophobic. Um, our governor and our attorney general submitted an amicus brief to our state Supreme Court on Thursday. And guess what? My legal scholars in the room probably already know the state Supreme Court had the caucasity to reject and not even listen to the amicus brief from the governor and the attorney general of this state. So why am I saying all of this? My state is getting ready to lose free and fair elections starting tomorrow at our Supreme Court. If people don't want to pay attention on this bird app and want to argue about who is doing what to whom or whatever else is going on, if they want to have fights amongst themselves about whatever, that's their business. What I'm trying to say is that state legislators are copying each other across the country. This is all a setup, this is not a conspiracy, to be prepared for the 2024 presidential election. This is also that particular general assemblies can decide no matter what the election says that they're going to not give the electoral college votes to the winner of that election. Or so that they can also have gerrymandered districts so that no matter how many people come out, no matter how many people work hard towards a turnout the vote campaign, they have gerrymandered the district so much with such, again, a Supreme Court statement about my state, such surgical racial precision that it won't matter because the white Trumplicans and MAGAs in that district will win. This is so serious. <laughs> And, and what, what is getting attention? What gets attention? This is so serious in regards to free and fair elections and actual democracy. I am actually here physically ill. I've told people about it last week. People know what's going on here. We are scared. This is not about being faithless. This is about being realistic. We are scared. A Trumplican court would not listen to the governor and the attorney general on the amicus brief, and they're going to rule on these two cases that the Republicans have been trying for years to get passed. So I put it in the jumbotron because I know the people in advocacy arena care about what's happening in other states and understand that we're all connected and that even though there's a call for civil war, we're still currently the United States of America and that we're interconnected to each other. So I just want you all to be aware that this is happening. Um, and with that, I thank you as always, Miss D, for giving me the time to speak in your space. If Soul Sister can hear me, I just want to not call you out, but, but publicly say how much I love you, how much I'm sending you healing thoughts. I hope you continue to recover. We look forward to when you can come back and be co-host with Miss D because you are the most awesome co-host that there's there ever is in Advocacy Arena. So if you happen to be listening right now, Soul Sister, just know I love you to pieces. And to um, everyone else, I wish you a wonderful rest of your Monday. Namaste. Thank you so very, very much. And thank you for taking time out of your day to come and raise awareness because we absolutely have to pay attention to the things that are going on and how our democracy is being stolen from us day by day across this country. 
and I, I'm with you. you. You know what's going on here in my state. And there are days when I am absolutely terrified, but I'm not immobilized. I'm, I'm moved to action in my fear because it's like we still can vote. They are gerrymandering. They are doing everything. But at this point, we still can vote. We still can voice our opinions. We still can educate people. And so um, therein partly lies uh, my hope. But I'm with you, LMZ, and I appreciate you and the work that you do, uh, the um, advocacy that you uh, support and, and work for. I know that you're very strongly uh, affiliated with the um, Moms Demand Action and um, I love the work that they're doing. Uh, they have been very active here, this chapter, um, you know, um, challenging the legislature, uh, um, keeping others aware. And um, so I just want to thank you and, again, appreciate the work that you do. And thank you for the clarion call. It's always so important, um, you know, and I um, am glad to hear other people doing it. Um, you know, so that we can amplify one another, because sometimes I feel like I'm, you know, just beating, a, you know, a drum and, you know, you just feel like people are not listening because, you know, people mock, oh, democracy. Oh, she's going to talk about democracy. Oh, she's going to talk about fascism. Yes, I am, because it's real. It's real. It's here. It's staring us in the face like. I'm not going to post it in the Jumbotron, but you guys know how much love I have for Tennessee Holler. Just go to their page. There is a, um, a clip that they have of a literal, um, you know, um, Nazi fest, basically. I mean, they are literally doing the Heil Hitler um, and, and all this stuff. It is here, people. They are out loud and proud. And this was in Ohio. And I imagine that they got wind of it because I imagine some of those folks were probably traveling from Tennessee too, because, you know, they have them here in Tennessee too. But take a look at that. And that's where we are. This is not an anomaly. This is happening across our country. And we can't pretend that it's not. And we can't keep getting distracted you know, like fighting with, you know, dumb people here on this app who, you know, a lot of whom are not even going to vote. Um, and um, we just have to stay vigilant. So thank you so much. And I'm going to pick up next with uh, Fish, Allie and Mark. Thanks, Dee. I just had two quick things and a question, if it was OK. Um, uh, first, you know, with what I said before about student loans and Nina Turner and all that, I'm seeing some crazy people out there saying things like, just don't make your payments. And I just wanted to say to anybody in the room that might be in this situation, considering that, please don't. <laughs> um, that has nothing to do with the student loan bubble that we have that will pop one day. But um, that's just all you're going to get if you do that is guarantee you'll never get that application through to the job that runs a credit check on you. So don't do that. Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to mention was, um, you know, we we don't all traffic in the same names out there on Twitter. And so that I'm just trying to say that sometimes someone can be right, even if you're not inclined to follow them. And that is the case with me. Uh, somebody yesterday with, I think, about 100,000 followers that we may all know, Reese or whatever, did make a great point 
that I think is well worth everybody keeping in their mind whenever they want to talk about this administration right now with regards to the banks. Namely, you know, no one ever talks about the vice president's financial acumen. Okay. Um, And I don't just mean like an economics degree. I mean, actual financial experience. And there's experience. And then there's an there's the experience of someone who has never lost has tremendous statewide appeal from a state that matters, you know? And when we're talking about, say, the fifth largest economy in the world, having that person at the table matters. And I don't know if anybody even remembers, but, you know, back in 2008, when everybody was sitting at the table to figure this out, you basically had five giant banks. President is brilliant, so he can sit at any table. Biden was pretty much put in charge of implementing whatever was architected. But there was also someone else there, one of the architects who was designing the plan. And nobody ever talks about the fact that it was a DA from San Francisco. Um, what I'm getting at is during any financial crisis, these two have proven that they're the ones that we should feel good about having you know, at the table. I don't want to wish you know, a gauntlet for these two to have to run. But if we're going to be served one, we should be trumpeting the fact that they're exactly the people we should have. And namely her to be totally honest um so just want to remind people of that don't be afraid to say it um and i think it was only mentioned during one debate during the 2020 primaries um and then my question was i was hoping tiff was going to be here but somebody said something about bots earlier and all of that and it got me wondering does anybody in here not to change the course but just quick if anybody has an experience maybe ali maybe uh geechee d anybody with bot like analysis but I was looking at something earlier that was pointing out that videos or clips that are on Twitter tend to get slammed much more easily than on Instagram. And I was looking at one in particular that had been retweeted uh, something like 3,000 times on Instagram and only retweeted uh, seven times uh, on Twitter. And people were saying, well, it's a lot easier to program and assemble and assign bots on Twitter than it is at Instagram. I have no idea if that's true, but I started to wonder is time better spent over there than here <laughs> if, um, if, it, if it's safer um, or if good news can be pushed around better. Does anybody know or have any of you heard anything about bots and Instagram being easier or better? I hear a lot of different things. Um, probably Black Stem is the person in the room that could speak most um, to this. I'm not sure she if she's able to, but... I mean, certainly Twitter, um, you know, Elon's Twitter, um, there are a lot of bots and just nefarious players and characters here, period. Um, Instagram, for me personally, you know, I know that there are a lot of other people um, that use it. I can't speak to it. I've never had a, a lot of issues. Um, I'm, I'm not, a, like I said, active at all anymore. So it's a good question. Um but um, I would just say that, you know, here in this, I think to speak to what you said about, like, should we stay here or whatever? My thing is because this is just me personally, I will stay until it evaporates. But am I making um, efforts to be in other places and to go other places? Absolutely. Because um, it is important, first of all, for us to have our voice and our message amplified everywhere. 
And, you know, maybe not all of us are comfortable in all of those spaces, but in the spaces that you are comfortable, I suggest that you get over there and you amplify the messages and and fight the disinformation that exists in those arenas. You know, I have personally chosen to, you know, build community on YouTube, which has been around a long time. And I know it's it's like old school to a lot of people. They may not want to go there, but, you know, a lot of people are there. And so I'm trying to, you know, as I said, build a community there, plant messages there, and to also transfer uh, for uh, our messages to Spotify and, you know, the conversations and forums that we we have here so that people have access to it. Um, and I, as I have said, and I will continue to say, I will be here on Twitter until it evaporates, but it's not really um, a... Um, a safe place anymore, any longer. And so I will do what I need to do to protect my health. There are times when, you know, my mental health and well-being, and there are times when I just, I, I unplug. I unplug a lot more from Twitter than I, I did uh, probably the previous year because he has let it become a hellscape. He has let everything transpire on here. But, but this is a battleground that I feel we must hold. So um, that's just my take and anyone else that wishes to speak to that or that may be able to, you know, actually answer, you know, more, you know, effectively, you know, uh, to that question. I am open to it and and would appreciate it. So um, thanks, Fish. I appreciate it. Up next, we've got Allie and then Mark. Yeah, real quick. Um, it's funny how we dovetail on these things. I did want to mention that, uh, remember when uh, Vice President Harris was uh, here in Europe last the last couple of weeks um, for both the Munich conference and um, in a variety of different, different roles, she is always mentioned as an economist here in the European press. They do not miss that fact. Um, that she is being sent over to negotiate things that have to do with cybersecurity, that have to do with um, climate and the, how that will affect things, the financial markets. That is absolutely included in her resume every single time. Um, and it's it's interesting to me that she's diminished in a different, in such a clear way that was done this, you know, this kind of similarly to Hillary Clinton Hillary Clinton's mm-hmm. full resume was given every time she was, you know, interacting here in in uh, in Europe and uh, and in other areas regarding, uh, you know, her qualifications for what she was doing in terms of dip- international diplomacy as Secretary of State. So, uh, Vice President Harris has been a pivotal figure here in rebuilding global partnerships in the time where there's a hot war on the ground that's a year old here in Europe. Um, And that has been vital. Uh, Just a reminder, you know, gas here is $9 a gallon. Um, uh, Heating and oil prices are up 400%. Uh, we are living that inflation because of being on the same continent, and that's gone all the way down into the, the global south, into the continent of Africa. People relying on grains are all being affected. People relying on rice, which is more West Africa, have had less. But there's even been there's even been bread shortages here in France. Now, you guys remember what happened the last time there were bread shortages in France. <laughs> so um, there's it is. Uh, 
her as a as an economic uh, powerhouse is someone who's seen as very important in the world scene. Um, also, I'd just like to mention that having observed the 2008 crisis and other financial things as they unfolded from other parts of the world and looking back towards the United States, just to see Biden, um, how he came out and jogged out to that podium, made a short and sweet uh, speech that uh, Sean, um, he did mention right away who was going to be held responsible and who was not, uh, who was going to have you know, the FDIC, what that meant, and who was going to be protected and who was going to be held responsible. And I remember back in 2008, coming out of the office building where I worked in the financial sector, just by coincidence of Paris, looking up at the AGI tower that was right next to us. And uh, that was one of those giant banks that failed after bailout, you know, huge amounts of bailout money had gone into it. So, you know, how that money has, they've been, uh, it's obvious that there has, there is a plan there to react differently um, with the foresight that had already been acquired after that uh, financial crisis that Obama inherited and um, that there was, we were teetering. And uh, anyway, it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's quite an interesting thing to see how people uh, build that up on from different points of view uh, and in other parts of the world. So just, just a reminder that the world is watching and they do respect both Biden and uh, Harris's uh, response and abilities and uh, that the Obama administration was able to manage that last huge banking crisis with all of, with many different facets to it. So just a little reminder of that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Allie. And I appreciate that again, the fact that you can share with us that when she's introduced there, that that is not forgotten. And, you know, like if the media uh, wasn't part of the agenda to basically erase her and dismiss her, uh, it would probably be done uh, here as well. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I got a little uh, irritated when I was watching um, The View, which I, I still love those ladies. Um, this morning, and one of them, uh, I can't, it's the Republican on there, the last young one, I can't think of her name, but she kept, you know, pushing, you know, this narrative that, you know, all of mainstream media is trying to push, like, but really, you know, like, I'm not bashing her, but really, like, what has she done, and what, you know, and I could tell, and, and, and I could viscerally, I could see, um, Sunny and a couple of others getting really, really angry. And, 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 and she got so angry, she basically said, which is true, but I feel like there's a better answer. But like, really, what can you point to that Mike Pence has done besides, you know, stick his uh, lips to Trump's butt? You know, so, I mean, they're trying to gauge her and compare her. But let's like, let's compare her to other vice presidents and, and, and what they have done. And then they check, well, it's not that because her thing was like, um, it's just that, you know, because Biden is so old. So that's their way of slipping that ageism in there. And what I love today is like he came in, he gave a quick um, address to the nation on something very important, reassured us, gave us confidence. It was being handled. And he was like, folks, I got to go. 
I am off to California because I've got people to meet, prime ministers to talk to, and, you know, and, and there are still, you know, diplomacy being, you know, done because, you know, there is still a war going on in Ukraine and the EU and our relationship matters. So I'm going to work on that, you know, and I'm going to California because there's a lot that's been going on there too. So, you know, like, um, Ali says we just have to, um, and I, I'm glad that Fish uh, brought that up, that we have to sometimes, and, and again, that's one of the things that I love about our community, these spaces, these conversations that we have, because there is so much news, so much information that I suffer quite frequently sometimes from information overload. So it's like, oh, yes, thank you for reminding me of that. So thank you, Fish, and the others for reminding me of her expertise um, in this area. And these are the things that we need to push back on because I just, I was kind of like Sunny when she kept pushing, but yeah, like I'm not really bashing her, but what has she done? I mean, I just started seeing red. And so I want to try to train myself to, to see the answer and to spit that out and then get red and mad and put my dukes up. But you know, it, it's a, it's a process. <laughs> so. Uh, thanks so much, Allie. Uh, and up next, we've got Mark. And then I'm going to hear from uh, L.A. Badass again. And I am going to start to wrap us up. And I want to thank you guys for hanging out with me here um, today. And uh, if you've been down listening in the gallery, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. If you've come up and, you know, added to our conversation, thanks for your contributions. I am so grateful and appreciative. And um, just want to give you an opportunity, if you're in the gallery, to request the mic. Come on up um, before we close out. And if you are on the stage already and have some last thoughts that you would like to share with us, this would be the time to start doing that. So thank you. So we pick up with Mark and then Ali. It's, it's so interesting what, what um, Ali said about Europe and how they received uh, Vice President Kamala Harris. Because at Howard... University where she was an undergrad, she uh, got two degrees, political science and economics. And not only was she a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, but she was also the chair of the Economic Society there as well. So um, I, it just reminded me of that. I, I, um, I forgot until you just reminded me. And how she has framed all of the criminal justice reform efforts um, are in terms of economics. It costs less to do reform than it does to do jail in a nutshell. Um, and that's how she sold um, the politics of criminal justice reform as the first progressive prosecutor in America. Um, now, progressive means something different now, but back then there was nobody doing smart on crime. Um, but how she sold it is, is, is an economic model. Um, and so I wanted to say, I want to say thank you for, thank you for that. That's an insight that, um, I Absolutely. don't think a lot of, yeah, so, a lot of people really understand. Yeah. Right. And we need to use, you know, those things in our, um, amplification of her, because like I said, sometimes I just get so angry because it's so ridiculous, um, how they try to dismiss her. And sometimes in my anger, like I said, I can't can't reach for anything except for that nasty, well, what has Spence done kind of thing <laughs> like Sonny did today. But I don't want to do that. I want to give them concrete things because there are concrete things. So 
I, and, and, I love this community for always amplifying those and reminding us of those. Absolutely. And and on, on Silicon Valley Bank, last, last comment I'm going to make on it is that I'm, I'm going to be absolutely clear and definitive that if not for the Trump rollback of the Dodd-Frank uh, protections fully that o the Obama administration put into place after 2008, this SVB debacle would not have occurred. This is this is a result of of that particular um, rollback. I don't want. I, I do not want to get involved in in talking about the financial sector and all the reforms that need to be need to happen and go and go off into this t Elizabeth Warren tangent about like things that need to be done to reform the financial sector. This particular incident was based. It it, it primarily is based upon the rollback, the deregulation of. of of that part of Dodd-Frank that made banks like this have to stress test every year if they have a certain amount of, of uh, assets, un under a certain amount of assets, which this bank did. And this bank, and like, like Fish was talking about, they, were, they were, weren't risk averse. They took extraordinary risks in the face of rising interest rates and inflation. This was the because perfect that's, storm because that's for this what type they of bank. Do. This yes. wasn't a long time, and this wasn't a long time in the making. This is in the making from 2018. This is five years in the making because these dudes were hella greedy. So, like, it's, this is not a systemic thing. This is like these type of people thing that occurred that made this happen. And their it, policies, it has to stop. their policies, because over and over again, this is what they're for: deregulation. So, I think this, the derailments, are excellent opportunities to point out the fact that this is where their ideology, the policies that they push and they support, will take us. It it happens over and over and over again. <laughs> exactly. And that's why Biden Harris administration went to first Republican, like, don't you dare do this shit. You better not be doing the same thing uh, uh, Silicon Valley Bank did. Uh, and, and also looking at other banks like Silicon Valley Bank and making sure they're not doing the same thing because they probably were. They probably are. Well, I feel like people, because greed in this country, unfortunately, capitalism, you know, has been taken and pushed by some to the nth degree. You know, forget people or anything else. It's it's money um, and greed and power at all cost. You know, and this is how they operate. And anytime they have an opportunity, that's what they do. They, you know, uh, when they're forced out of the way, you know, they're just plotting and planning where they're going to pick up where they left off. But this is their M.O. because they don't care for them. It's about the power and the money. And this power is being um, taken uh, in very undemocratic ways in, in every supermajority GOP state like Tennessee, North Carolina, Florida, Texas, and, you know, um, some others who are struggling, um, Arizona and others. This is what they want. This is where they want to take our country. So it should just be, you know, like previews for us, you know, this and, and is the, where and, we're headed. You know, the if C they're in the, the charge. CEO, the CEO of SBB led the charge to deregulate. Exactly. And the same, the same with the, the, the CEO of um, uh, Norfolk Southern. 
they exactly. lobbied the the previous administration to cut down the regulations because this is what they do. It is their MO. And we have to keep tying these people. And when I say these people, the, the Republicans and the former administration and the other administration who have been, you know, uh, part of the problem to this, you know, and how it hurts everyone and make people see that, you know, no matter, I don't care how many of their talking points in their rallies, they scream uh, that they care about, you know, small businesses and, and the everyday people, everything that they do says otherwise. And we need to keep showing the receipts for how that is true, because it, because it is true. So... Um, I'm sorry, Mark, you just got me stirred up there. Like I said, I, I was stirred up this morning by the view with that, that nonsense. And then it also made me think about how, you know, like they're trying to, you know, say, oh, well, Pence is coming out a little strong. Like he might be trying to put his little hat in the ring or whatever. And so he's, you know, denounced, you know, Trump's behavior, but he still, you know, stopped short of really denouncing what, Fox, uh, what not Fox, but Tucker Carlson, which is Fox, what they um, they did, you know, and um, and what they're continuing to do. And like, even though he's saying this now, he is absolutely uh, part of the problem because he saw all that was going on. He was the VP. He was not stopping any of it. He was complicit in all of it. Well, he's saying it, but he's not going to testify. Not gonna go under oath that was the other thing. He's saying all of this while he is not, he's avoiding uh, the subpoena that has been presented to him. So really, is this the kind of person, if you have, if you really care about this country, you care about, you know, peaceful transfer of power, you care about people being held accountable and, and decency as you like to, you and mother like to talk about, then do the decent thing and, and go and tell the truth. You were there. Well, well, he, said, the he, said, he, he said history will hold him accountable, but he won't. Like, what? what kind of thing is that to say? Exactly. And history is going to hold Mike Pence accountable. And I'm going to keep holding him accountable because he was complicit in every bit of it. It's the same, like I said, with Kinsinger and Cheney. Yes, they did the right thing at one moment in time, but their ideology that they supported, that they pushed, got us Trump, and they were supportive of all the things that the Trump administration did because that's why they wanted him. He gave them what they wanted. He, they just didn't like the show that he gave them along with it because it really, um, you know, um, embarrassed them and it called out um, the awfulness of of some of their ideology and their behavior um, in the in the worst way. They just didn't like that part of it. It's kind of like our lieutenant governor, <laughs> like you know they're doing all of this stuff, but you know like he's the one that's been caught. But you know our governor too, you know the, he's signing a bill denying you know drag queens an opportunity to you know practice their craft when this is what he did you know, when he was in high school. So it's okay. You know, it's like, you know, rules for thee, but not for me, you know, and we just can't have it any longer. We can't. 
So, uh, Mark, thank you so much uh, for bringing those things out uh, for us. And I do have uh, Carmen here, um, L.A. and Tip, and then I'm going to start to wrap this up. So thank you again, everyone. I appreciate you. Carmen, how are you? <laughs> are you there? She may be. Okay. Let me go to L.A. and then maybe Carmen, Hi, uh, she might be. I'm here. <laughs> okay. Hey, Hi. how are Good. you, girl? How are you? How's everyone doing? Good afternoon. Thank you for allowing me to speak. I did post a uh, article, and I'll try to keep digging some other articles because I live in the great state of Florida, <laughs> and it's crazy, girl. I'm really upset. She's showing up as listener on my screen. I'm not sure about for you guys. I'm sorry. No, I hear her. Yeah. Yeah, I hear her. She's speaking. Yes. I hear her. So anyways, okay. um, I'm really, really upset and I'm taking it personal because my taxes went up. I'm paying taxes. My uh, mortgage went up. My homeowner's insurance went up and I can't wait to get the hell out of here. But I keep doing research and research on what is the best time to move and I have to stay put. And I posted a little sticky on my monitor to be still, even though I want to get the hell out of here. Because <laughs> I swear it's really bad. Uh, we are feeling the pinch. It's mostly the ones that are affected, the middle class and poor folks. We're going to be paying lots of taxes while other folks are enjoying, you know, uh, just just enjoying the riches of Florida because all the investors are coming here and buying everything up. So anyway, um, there is, I think someone had posted an article about uh, DeSantis' wife, how she was doing fundraising and getting all this money and pretty much it didn't trickle down to us, to the other folks in Florida. So as soon as I can find more stuff. Oh, I caught myself more stuff on this. Uh, you know, uh, she's to want to be Jackie, Jacqueline, uh, uh, Jacqueline uh, Onassis, uh, uh, former first lady. Um, I, I will put some articles on the timeline. But thank you for allowing me to speak. Uh, please don't come to Florida. It's really bad here. <laughs> Thank you so very much, Carmen. I appreciate you <laughs> so much, you know. Uh, yeah, Tennessee is pretty rough, but, you know, like, I'm here. I'm not leaving. Um, so I appreciate it, and thank you for taking time out of your work day to come up and share with us. And, yeah, I mean, I care about what's, <laughs> I'm just I care about what's going on down there because, like I said, you know, um, they, they just use these areas as testing uh, ground. So I don't wish or want the people in Florida to, you know, have to live under that kind of um, – you know, uh, regime uh, any more than I want to live under it, you know, so we all have to kind of look out and take care of one another and call attention to um, these things that are going on in our states, you know, as awful as they are, we just have to stay informed. So I appreciate all of you 
um, helping to, you know, keep us informed of that. And so thank you so very much. I, um, like I said, we have a lot of friends in this community in Florida. So we certainly care about what's going on down there. And you are one of them. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. And like I said, we're, we're working. We're going to keep doing all that we can, amplifying uh, candidates and the messages that we need to to get good candidates in office to maintain our democracy and to improve it because it is possible. Um, and I don't want to, you know, lose sight um, or hope about that. It's it's bleak, but you know we've been in bleak times before in this country, and I just refuse to give up or to give in. You know, so thanks so very much. So, LA, did you have your hands up? Did you want to say something? I'm sorry, I did. Um, my, I don't know what's going on with my app. Uh, <laughs> so I'll make it quick. Uh, Dee, thank you for highlighting the view. I don't get the view, so I appreciate when you talk about them. Uh, I, I, it, I believe you're talking about Griffin. She is yes, so annoying. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she is so annoying. Um, but I am going to disagree with Mark. Uh, you're a law guy. I'm a numbers girl. Um, What we're going to look at is the following, and Fish brought it up, so I'm just going to hammer it. Uh, History will repeat itself if we do not look at the underlying causes of these these bailouts, of these banks, et cetera. Dodd-Frank is just the beginning, my friend. Um, If you look at 2001 with the the tech boom, okay, a lot of these bankers were actually using big banks, but what they were doing is um, creating sketchy, uh, balance sheets, IPOs, you name it. Uh, the mortgage industry is still a mess. Uh, you know, people are getting half, half a, a you know million dollar loans, and they're making maybe twelve dollars an hour. Um, I'm not blaming the clients, but I am blaming the bankers. Uh, SVB. If you look at their balance sheets, uh, as Fish mentioned, they were making loans that they couldn't pay back. Uh, signatures holding crypto. I just got an email from Gemini. If you've heard of Gemini, they're one of the newer uh, crypto exchanges, and they were very emphatic, thank goodness, because I have friends that use them, that their money is at Morgan, Goldman Sachs, State Street, you know, banks that have been around forever. Uh, What we have to look at is, you know, the the pieces. I'm not saying it's going to be right away. Never said that. And I'm certainly not, by any means, I don't want to imply that I'm dismissing Vice President Harris. She has been crucial, but we also have to look at our other allies. And again, not a fan of Warren, but she is of this background. Also, Senator Klobuchar is on the banking committee with Sherrod Brown. I was going to say, well, Warren is not alone in that that area of expertise. But yes, you're right. I mean, there are so many areas of our country and systems that need to be fixed um, that are going to take really probably decades for us uh, to work on. But I guess for me, and I I can't speak for Mark, and I don't want to keep going back and forth with it, but I think, you know, I kind of sense where he's coming from um, in the sense that, like, we kind of have to focus on, it's kind of like triage, (laughs) Um, and and we can't conflate certain things or allow others to conflate, um, you know, things um, that are, are happening. No, I, I, I see where, where both of you are going, but mm-hmm. see, it's not like, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Tiff will back me up here. When people talk about triage, 
Uh, I, I know nothing about healthcare except what my insurance policy says. Well, and I am, I'm one of those am, people. <laughs> that, that is my, that I have uh, experience in a lot of industries and that is one of them, the healthcare industry in the military. I was in a combat support hospital. So when I oh. speak of triage, mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of, it's, it's getting, you know, the most dangerous um, conditions addressed and taken care of first. Oh. Okay. No, oh. Okay. No, I, I understand where you're going, Dee. I, I was I was kind of doing a humble humble brag thing. What I'm addressing is, if we ignore the the, the minutia. Okay, this is where I'm going to go. If we ignore the minutia, it's going to be very hard to triage. Okay, it's 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 banking is in every way uh, intricate like healthcare, but Unlike healthcare, and I'm not again, I'm not like dismissing experts, but unlike healthcare, there is no, for lack of a better phrase, a WebMD for finance. Okay. So, my, if you will, challenge to all of you as a friend, as a banker of 10 years, and I've been through all of those major incidents. I was at Schwab, I was at Waterhouse, then it became uh, Ameritrade. I was also at Scott Trade, and ironically, my friends and I are laughing. They were all bought by Charles Schwab. Okay, what I'm challenging all of you is: check out the SEC website. All right, we have a backlog just on insider trading cases alone. Okay, yeah. So, muchachos, please. Uh, so I challenge you just go, just go to the SEC website, look around, it's available. It's part of the public information act. Okay. Even look up your broker if you, if you know their name. All right. Look at the backlog and you'll see that yes, triage is important. I'm not discounting that at all, but we are bound to repeat these incidences, not only because of uh, they said this, uh, Mark said the stress test. There's also an acid test. That's part of the series seven lingo. Uh, but if we don't hold the executives accountable, if we don't hold the decision makers accountable, if we don't hold the compliance, which is, you know, the legalese, the legal people, they have different licenses. If we don't hold these people accountable from stopping these issues before they get, you know, get worse, or the IPO that doesn't make sense. You know, if we don't hold all those people accountable, then the triage is gonna be like, and respectfully, it's gonna be an ongoing thing like car accidents. And it doesn't have to always be that way is what I'm saying. The, the uh, rollbacks, absolutely, they're significant, but why did we have those policies in place? Why did we have a consumer bureau in place? Why did we reform securities the way we did? Why did we add more terms? I don't want to go too much lingo. Why did we add terms to those acts? Why did we add, you know, why did we add more departments? Uh, in fact, the merger with SEC FINRA, I never liked that either, but that's another story. Ultimately, what I'm saying is, yes, triage, triage is going to be around, okay, sadly. But what I'm saying is, if we don't look at those pieces, if we don't look at uh, the Jenga pieces, 
that got us to those rollbacks, that got us to the repetition, we're going to be triaging into, you know, kingdom come. That's all I meant. Uh, and yes, we have a big team. Secretary Yellen. Secretary Yellen does not get enough credit. She's got like PhD, Harvard, you name it. She's a badass. And uh, as you can imagine, I use that word sparingly. Uh, Harris, absolutely. But you know, let, let's remember that we have a whole bunch of women that that, that are that are constantly uh, challenging these banks uh, to make sure that people's money uh, is in, is in good hands. That's it. Thank you so much. <laughs> I was doing some reading in the background, so sorry for the, the pause, but thank you so much. And I do appreciate and really uh, am, am glad that you, you know, um, added what you did. I do get that. I, I do. And I think Mark does too. And Fish um, wanted to speak to it, I'm sure. Um, and um, I've got a couple other people going to bring up um, to uh, hear from as well. So Fish, go ahead. Well, I did think it'd be funny to say um, my last day working at an actual firm was, of course, the day that we were all let go because the firm was bought and closed by Schwab. So there is <laughs> it's kind of funny how it is a small role in that Bobby's. regard. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 funny. Chucky went around and bought up everybody um, in our case, literally just for the desks. But anyway, uh, uh, I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. And uh I was going to offer up, not that D wanted to go back and forth on it anymore, but I'm kind of in the middle. Like I'm, I'm going to be very hard pressed to say anything positive about Warren. That's just how it is. Uh, but exactly. I, like, I mean, I, I really do get what you're saying, L.A. I do. But I guess, like I said, it's it's a nuanced kind of thing. Like I said, I know that we have to address these problems. I know that it's it, it, it is important. But I guess, you know, like I, I get triggered. <laughs> well, I, and, and I do, too. I do, too. But but, you know, part of what I think badass is getting at is that we're all going to get triggered if we keep doing this i get triggered by Keep people head in the sand, like so to speak. turner well well i mean because if the problem with regulating is we end up sounding to a lesser degree just like a lot of the socialists that we purport to be against you know it's it, regulating only works so long as the person who's in charge making the regulations is you or someone you like um after that it's a slippery slope and i i kind of feel like if we don't fix the problem not letting people do it is only going to fix things for a little while. And it's only going to fix things if we're the ones putting controls in because the, the pattern is the same, right? You've got, like you mentioned, the, the corporate greed, whether it's Norfolk, whether it's uh, SVB, you, you've got them. They come in, they lobby to Washington and you want the honest truth. What happened in 20, 2008? There aren't enough people in Washington who understand this business. They exactly. li literally aren't. So that happened Sorry, there's a train right here. That happened on, you know, Congress's watch because nobody knew what was going on. Nobody understood what the swaps were. So if you can go in and get them to deregulate that, yeah, it's a, it's a huge win for profiteers. Um, but at the end of the day, I kind of want to turn this into a political opportunity to look at the party of people. Like I said, there's a huge overlap in 
you know, corporate profit and GOP. I want to turn it on the, the party of supposed personal responsibility and say, you know, look what happened. Look how you all fucked this up, you know, and it's purely because of greed. They knew what they were doing. They just never thought, you know, backing these deposits with these long term uh, bonds was going to be a problem until it was way too late. So that's just bad banking. That's just yep. greedy banking. And I'm not saying that we should, you know, like, obviously it's wrong to kill people and you would never make it legal, but we still need, we still need to tell people it's wrong to do this. It's wrong but to at do some, it. you know, at some point, someone else from another party is going to come in and they're going to roll something back or they're going to increase something we don't like. And so I, I get why regulating works for trains. Um, but, you know, when it comes to this stuff, it's, it's the only thing I'll say about Warren is she might be one of the few people who do actually know what these instruments are and all of that. I just think everything she says is all for the wrong reasons. But uh, so I was just going to say, you know, I think that's probably where this back and forth goes. They're both right. Mark and, and badass, you know? Um, yes. And, and, and that's what I, that's where I am with it. Because like I said, I Warren is someone that I like, like, I don't hate the lady, but you know, I like, you know, the bad taste, of, you know, what she, <laughs> what she did, you know, recently leaves a very bad taste in my mouth. And like I said, we're just at such a precarious place in our democracy right now that like, um, like if that's, you know, like she should be going over there working and doing that, you know what I'm saying? And not, you know, putting out little divisive, you know, shade um, towards this, you know, administration. Oh, look, we uh, can we can find we can find a non-racist liar who understands finance to go over there and it, do it, too. Exactly. You know, well, I mean, we, <laughs> exactly. Like like the field, the bench, I think, is probably a little deeper than her. And it absolutely does need to be addressed because what happens is, I mean, we can see this. If it's not addressed, it just is going to keep coming about over and over and over again. So I don't want you to think, you know, LA, that I was, you know, like dismissing what you were saying or whatever. Like I said, it's just, yeah, she's a little triggering for me right now. And this is someone, like I said, no, I, get I, su I, I supported at one point. And it's like, we have to be able to juggle kind of multiple things and, and ideas because like I said, some of the people who are on our team are not helping, you know, us advance the ball at some times. You know? Oh no, I, I get it completely. Um, and, and Fish is right. I wasn't saying Mark was wrong at all. It's just that, you know, it's, it's the elephant in the room. Uh, and we You're have to right. remember that the that the people remember that the people a lot of the people that were on the fence that ultimately did vote for the other guy were worried about the economy. They they didn't care of all the horrible things he said. He was like, well, but he's he wants to improve the economy. So we have to remember that in the back of our mind, even the people that we need to convince, they're going to think about the economy. So on that, we you're the best. I love you guys. Thanks, Fish. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Well, thank you so much. And I appreciate, like I said, you, you know, being so gracious to share, you know, your expertise with us here today. And that is, again, like I said, what I love about this community is we we come from such diverse backgrounds, the ethnicities, uh, you know, you know, the places that we live, the work that we do. And it I mean, it's truly America. And that is what I love about the conversations that we have, because um, we can, you know, speak to each other about so many things 
different things from so many different perspectives and don't always have to completely agree, but we can still have conversation, productive, meaningful conversation. So I love you guys for this. I love you. You are the best. I appreciate you so much. And up next, we've got Steve and the bug and Joseph and, and Tiff is still here. So um, Tiff is going to be our wrap up, but I'm going to get Steve, the bug, Joseph. and Tiff. Hello, D. Hello to my many role models here. And thank you so much. Thanks for hi. having me and for all you do and allowing me to speak. And hi, soul sister out there. I'm sending healing vibes your way and love. I don't know what's happened, but I'm, I'm in your corner, whatever it is. The last two comments are really what I wanted to talk about, which is, and I'll be real brief, the lack of accountability for people's behavior and comments and rhetoric is just, it's astonishing when you think about how much intellectual heft our country has around the world and internally how unreflective we are. So I put something in the nest about uh, this guy who was, and I don't know if it's verified, but this guy who was uh, you know, on the leadership team at this bank was the CFO of Lehman Brothers when they collapsed. The same person. Yeah, yeah, we talked. I mean, really, holy smokes! No so there's okay. that, and you know, we're 15 years, no, 10, 12 years from um, death panels. So where are the death panels, and why is nobody holding to account all of the crazy politicians who, at the time of the ACA being voted on, were saying death panels, death panels, death panels? There are no death panels. Oh, and uh, thank you, Stephen, for saying that. And I, I still want to say Sharia law. Another Remember one. when they were trying to make our president yes. a Muslim who was going to institute Sharia law. Now, who has Sharia law? Oh, Lord. Yeah, now? these right-wing fascists, Christo-fascists. And then the last one is repeal and replace. They, they were, you know, screaming monkeys about repeal and replace for years to get elected. Then they got the White House, they got Congress, and what did they have? Nothing. They had an empty book. And where's the accountability for this? You know, it's like the, the issues move on so quickly. And, you know, the, first the trains and now the banks, they're, they're just, they've screwed up so many things. It's hard to keep up, but, you know, we need to focus and crystallize the accountability. That's my comment and that's my point. Thank you so much for all you do. I love you and have a great rest of the session. Well, right back at you, and I appreciate you. And like I said, you know, you educators have a special place in my heart. So thank you for continuing to take care of our youth and shape their minds in a way that um, is needful <laughs> because uh, there's an assault um, and there's a move in place to indoctrinate them in ways that would not be healthy for them or our country or our democracy. So I am so appreciative of you and the work that you do and, you know, taking an opportunity to come in and to share with us um, when you do. And I know sometimes, you know, you, you come in and you just listen. So I appreciate that, too. So thanks so much, Steve. Um, up next, The Bug. How are you? <laughs> Can you hear me? I can. Yes. Hi. Oh, yeah. It's it's actually T-Bug. It's my childhood nickname. because Okay, like T-Bug. <laughs> three Teresas in my family and when I would go back to visit North Carolina. Um, yeah, I just felt the need to chime in a little just because uh, I work for one of the biggest banks in the country. Um, so I've been impacted by regulations and aware of a lot of this stuff. Um, because of that experience, I've been in mortgage lending mostly for the past 20 years. Um 
in 2006, I worked for a broker in Fresno, California, and there were notices that would come in saying uh, stated income loan, um, 3% rate, 400 FICO score, um, which means you can state your income without providing it. Um, I would say that I haven't dealt with wealth, wealth customers since I worked in the home, home equity portfolio, um, but lending, the state of lending is nothing like what it was before. And that's not to say that I don't agree. We totally need to, to keep on it and, and do a better job. Um, I have a lot of people that come to me and say they can't stand Elizabeth Warren that are on the right. And I say, well, I owe her and not just her, but Democrats my job because I do have a job <laughs> that was um, due to a consent order. <laughs> so um, I really um, always try to use my own personal experience to speak to the fact that it's not just one person in the party that's trying to make sure that America is protected. Um, I could definitely see if there's wealthy people that are still getting away with like crazy underwriting um, metrics that are uh, minimal, but um, that's not my experience um, since uh, at least the year 2006. I haven't seen anything remotely like that. So just wanted to share that. Um, and I appreciate all of you. That's all I got. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And I um, appreciate that. And anytime that, you know, because I feel like this is kind of a fluid situation. So, you know, hopefully you can join us in some, you know, future chats to share your, you know, experience um, in the financial um, industry, because I do think that it is important that uh, we have people who are affected um, by this industry, who work in the industry, you know, the things that are going on, they know and they can speak to it. And again, I, I feel um, so divinely blessed <laughs> um, by the voices in this community who come at the right time to share with us. And you're certainly one of those today. So I thank you so very much. And I know that my uh, next speaker up and friend Joseph is also someone who is in the industry. So I'm looking forward to hearing from him today. Day and my thoughts um, have been with you. I have been lifting you up because I know it cannot be an easy time for you. And and um, so just know I'm sending you lots of um, loving thoughts for things to, to just go well for you, whatever and however they happen. So I'm uh, looking forward to hearing from you and you have the mic. Hi, Ms. D. Thank you so much for, uh, for your kind words and uh, thank you for holding this space. I'm so glad I, I ran across it. Um, so I'll give you a quick background. So I've been in the banking industry since 2004. Um, in 2008, I was working for a company that's uh, basically, well, has been the largest bank failure in the United States history. Um, that I do not, to this day, I do not believe was entirely uh, internal. I believe, I still believe that there was some collusion with the FDIC and the uh, bank that uh, took us over. Uh, but that's, that's another that's another topic, but what is going on right now 
for me, it is very triggering because it is triggering memories of 2008 because I was right in the middle, literally was in the middle of that storm that happened. And so I kind of want to say kind of as a public service announcement to everyone on this space that there's a lot of irresponsible talk going on on this app right now about the banks and financial institutions in general. Yesterday, I called out somebody who frankly is just a clout chaser that has an extremely large following and was just stated something irresponsibly that there's a potential for more banks to fail this week. Well, you don't, you know, I told him like, you don't know that. Why are you saying this? I said, this is going to cause unnecessary panic. And that's why I want everybody to remember only trust verified information you know rumors basically and speculation are what led to the run that caused my company to be taken over by the fdic in 2008 uh, because that that week that we were taken over uh there was a massive run on the entire bank and it was really started by rumor and speculation so what this person and others are doing they are trying to spook the market just because they want clicks. And what they don't understand is that, you know, there are people that work for the banks. And those of us that we have livelihoods that are affected by stuff like this. The entire trajectory of my career was permanently altered by what happened in 2008. And in some instances, I don't think I fully recovered from that. Um, so all of this is extremely, extremely uh, triggering. Um, you know, definitely the regulations are extremely, extremely important. Um, several years after the crash, I was working for a large bank that uh, got levied with uh, several billion dollars in fines for what happened, you know, to the, the, the subprime, you know, what happened during the subprime crisis that led to the crash in 2008. Unfortunately, when that happened, how did they, how did they pay for it? They, you know, they let people, they let people go. My position got eliminated uh, like four months after those fines were, were levied. So, you know, it's, it's the rank and file workers in the bank that um that pay the price and so when i see people basically rooting for banks to go under or trying to cause runs on the bank you know they're not thinking about the people you know those of us that are working day in and day out you know we've got you know, we've got rent, we've got bills, we've got a lot of subsidies, we've got to put food on our on our on our tables, you know, and we're the ones that bear the brunt of, of everything. So I just want to remind everybody, you know, if you do have concerns, and I don't want to downplay anybody's concerns about maybe their fi their financial institutions, uh, stability, you know, talk to, you know, go into go into your local branch, talk to maybe, you know, the manager uh, of your local branch, just get just gather in information, just don't go off of just idle speculation of cloud chasers on this app that are just trying to get clicks and attention. Because again, rumors and speculation are going to, uh, they, they don't lead to anything good. There was a wonderful thread I saw last night and, 
And one of the things that the person mentioned is social media risk. And that's something new that financial institutions have to deal with. Because again, somebody can light a spark on this app and it will just uh, create a, a wildfire that can lead to a run on the bank. So just uh, trust your, you know, verify your, your sources. And, um, you know, that's pretty much all I got, all I got to say just from the banking perspective. So thank you, Ms. D for, uh, allowing me to speak. Thank you for holding this wonderful space. And I, again, thank you very much for your, your kind words recently. It's, uh, it's, uh, a bit of a nerve wracking. Sorry, Joseph. I was trying to bring someone up. Go ahead. Uh, you said it was a bit of nerve wracking. Go ahead. Joseph. Oh, I'm so Oh, my. Yes, I accidentally hit the oh. mute button. You were saying it was just that your last little bit got cut off. So I want you to say oh, that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, I, th <laughs> I, thought, it was, I thought it was me. Uh, uh, no, I just think that I think, you know, I should be, I think I should be okay. I think my, you know, my company seems to be pretty, uh, um, pretty, uh, pretty stable. And, um, you know, we're, uh, we, we've got a very, uh, very diverse uh, portfolio. So we'll, uh, we'll weather this storm. Um, but just again, just everybody just, uh, you know, don't, don't fall for the rumors and, and speculations. Trust your, trust your sources. So um, thank you, Ms. D, so much for all that you do. Again, thank you so much for your kind words and uh, have a good day, everyone. All right. Well, thank you. And I'm glad to hear that the news um, um, is good uh, for you in that respect and great advice, uh, not just now, but especially now, but, but anytime we need to be aware of the information that we're amplifying and, and how that affects, um, you know, other people um, and, and industries. And we certainly know that the former guy, he was always um, um, creating um, narratives to, um, you know, affect the financial markets. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that, Joseph, and I hope that we all um, keep that in mind. And I definitely know here in this space and, and most of the people um, that are part of this community we do um, try to be aware of the information that we share, share facts and, and combat those things. So, you know, whenever we see someone like you combating that, I saw that. And so, you know, I amplified your voice in that because I felt like it was the same one and important to say. So thanks again for coming here to say that today. And up next, I've got E9 and 2K. Good afternoon, Dee and everyone. Um, hi. Hi. Um, nice, nice to be here and awake for once. Um, so I wanted to talk about, <clears throat> for me, this is the perfect time. You know, during, as Joseph mentioned, for example, Joseph mentioned the, the Great Depression of 2008. And... <clears throat> You know, the banking industry was not the only industry that was adversely affected by it. I was in um, higher education at the time, and um, and all of higher education, particularly the kinds of jobs I, I ha was in, um, 
which was a administration, a research administration. So we all got um, uh, hit really hard fiscally, and uh, uh, I ended up ultimately losing my profession because of that. So, so I understand the significance and the hurt and the pain, and I never recovered from it. And it was the peak of my career. And, and actually, I was working in an institute that one of the researchers was Janet Yellen, as well as a lot of other economists. Um, and so I, you know, I just appreciate my background on that. But for me, you know, um, Joe Biden was vice president at that time. And, and Kamala Harris was DA of San Francisco, which is a huge city uh, that got impacted. And then later on as AG, she saw um, T-Bug, T-Bug, I'm sorry, um, mentioned the subprime stuff and, and the Fresno stuff. Well, the person that worked um, on rectifying that was Kamala Harris. And so for me, they are the A-team. They are the first string of our deep, deep bench. And and frankly, for me, you know, Warren has some kind of a, a, a megaphone, but she's maybe second string as far as I'm concerned. Not not sure, you know, if she's even that high up in the ranks. Um, there are many, many economists and people within the administration that are uh, capable, who know the instruments inside and out. So, um, I, I just have to say that for um, particularly, okay, like like EW would say, it's it's nothing on EW. I'm not trying to put her down, but well, what it is is that the players, the real players, are the are the ones in the administration, and and it's time to you know just bolster them and their capabilities. I didn't hear what Reese said, but. But um, I think I got the gist of it that we need to appreciate their skill set. And those are just the people in the administration. You know, we're not talking about about how the cabinets, you know, are built and and also also the terrific people who are on the committees. You know, Frank and Dodd, they were um, what were they back then when when they came up with those regulations? They were they were in the Senate, too. One was a senator. One was a rep. Okay, great. Thanks, thanks, Peachy. Um, so, so we got we got a lot of talented, capable people in in both sides, you know, of, of our houses, uh, of Congress and Senate. And and frankly, I don't hear, I don't know of a bill that's called the Elizabeth Warren Act. I I, I know of the Dodd and Frank Act, you know, uh, but the Warren Act, I don't know. I you know, you you tell me. So I just and and the reason I guess it is is that I'm not gonna champion somebody who is actively a divisive voice against the Democratic Party, even though like a clock she has, you know, one okay kind of thought, especially when there's many, many people who um are just as capable and more capable than she is to have their hands in this and have had their hands on this for decades. This this notion of knowing the instruments is not just a one person operation and it's certainly 
uh, I, I don't view Warren as the prime person at all. Let's take a look at our prime people because they're the ones that we really have to elect. They're the ones that we have to that we have to support and bolster every chance we get. Not not somebody who's a divisive. You know, it's just not worth it's not worth it. And frankly, you were just um, hurting the party. And I I know D, you're you know identify as a Democrat, but it is the Democratic Party that's putting on our administration. It is the Democratic Party oh, that is... Now, now, where did you get that from? I didn't <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I understood you last yeah. week. You identified as an independent? Yes, but I, I, I lean Democratic. And it's basically because I don't have to declare in my state, but my voting yeah. is 98.9% Democratic. And I have worked with Republicans, but um, I certainly um, promote the Democratic agenda. And at this point, they're the only party in our country um, who are working to uphold our democracy and to do the things that are needful for the majority of the people in this country. And I say that, you know, jokingly, you know, like as an independent, because I don't have to declare in my state. And when I speak to people, especially people that I don't know, um, I say that I'm an independent basically to keep conversation going um, and um, see where they are as well, if that makes any sense to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just I, I want I want those Democrats to be proud and uh, proud enough to vote. And and so but but um, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, our all our acts that uh, the Biden administration put forth were bipartisan uh, acts, you know, bipartisan votes. So we we don't give up that way either. But I just um I recognize who supports the party, and this is not UD, <laughs> but but um, I know who attacks the party, and even they might be a Democrat, but they you know but they attack uh, Democratic leaders. And yes, so, no, we're not standing for that because there and, is really and, only and, and, one party right now fighting for our democracy. <laughs> and in this case, we got a lot of we got a huge bench and a lot of talented people. And when I was in that um, research institution. You know, all my economists were, were going, having stints in D.C., working on various things. So so um, the brain trust is vast. And, and so let's not get uh, with that, you know, with a vapid, vacuous one who just happens to have a, a, a megaphone. That's all I have to share. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that, E9, um, and um, I um, would agree with you because we, I think we have a lot of talent here and certainly in the, the leaders of this administration, uh, super talented. So thank you so much. Uh, I uh, appreciate uh, that and would totally agree. <laughs> so thank you again. Um, and up next is my friend 2K, Sweet Pea, and then Geechee. Um, Tip was here. I, she probably, she, I know she's working, so she may have had a call and had to leave. But we're going to wrap it up um, after um, Geechee. So 2K, how are you today? Oh, I'm sorry. I did bring someone else up. 2K, uh, Sweet Pea, and uh, have a new speaker, and then Geechee. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here with all of you. And 
I will ask for your grace in um, changing the subject briefly. And the reason I am changing the subject is because the information is somewhat time sensitive. And um, <laughs> you know, you're free to do that here. We, we cover a lot of topics. Okay. <laughs> so well, go and ahead. some people don't realize, and I'm that the power of working with um, the library community. And frankly, I have been very disappointed um, where we take the lead a lot of times and hold the line about um, freedom of information. We're certainly against book banning. And um, then the business about what's happening with Drag Queen Story Hour, it's beyond me. I, I do not see a robust response as yet from our community, but I wanted to point out another avenue for, mm, I'm, I'm about by any means necessary, another avenue for speaking with legislators. And sometimes when you come at them from a place that um, they think of, they misunderstand, they think of as quiet, as not making a ruckus, you can get some attention. And so I wanted to point out there's a thing called Library Legislative Day and usually a state library association. You know, they try to get cozy and all fun with um, legislators. And the Florida Library Legislative Day is coming up on March 21st. And typically, I, I, I don't know if you might need to register as a member of the association, et cetera, but see how you might be able to get involved to be able to approach legislators and let them know uh, about a range of concerns. They The uh, associations have a platform. As I said, their responses have not been robust. I've been looking at the platform for the Florida Library Association. It is not mentioning the things that we are concerned about. But one thing that people need to be aware of is that libraries serve as polling locations and also do advanced voter registration. So there is that anchor. And maybe you could slip something in. The other thing, time sensitive, and this um, is for your benefit, D, is the Tennessee Library Association Legislative Day is coming up on April 4th. So, you know, we don't have a lot of advanced time, but wherever you are, I, in whichever state you're located, I invite you to look into that as potential for getting in there and getting in the mix and making people aware that they are being watched, that we are paying attention and that we are concerned in every corner of these United States and the things we do and how we're affected. So with that, I will pass. And I just want to say in terms of the librarians awareness, if you're not aware of um, the issue around something about around the children's book, Rabbit's Wedding and the response of the Montgomery, Alabama White Citizens Council to that book about the marriage of a white and a black rabbit. Look it up and get to know some of the, the history of I mean, it, it's deep and rich what libraries and librarians have done. But if you're not aware of that example of the ridiculousness in history, just look that up. 
and um, you're you're in for, I won't say a treat, but you're in for something. And I will pass with that. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. Well, thank you. Uh, and again, I always love to hear you share here in the space and certainly again, you know, respect uh, the work that you do. And I appreciate you uh, bringing um, the awareness of these initiatives that librarians around the nation have, uh, because we certainly know, and I think anyone who has been in any of my spaces know that education is, is, you know, probably one of those pet peeves of mine, like democracy, because that is, you know, um, you know, the vein, just like the religious vein is, a, is what they're writing in on to uh, try to destroy our democracy. So wherever, you know, there are initiatives where we can amplify and, and, and raise the issues to legislatures, um, you know, and legislators, um, that we are concerned about, um, then I want to, you know, be in on that opportunity and to amplify it. So thank you. And I hope you keep reminding us of it. And certainly anything um, that you tweet or share, we will help to amplify it. So thank you um, so very I tried much. And to, you said that I tried to put the Tennessee Library Association tweeted today about their legislative day. And I tried to get in the jumbotron, but I guess I've forgotten how, but I, I think I did retweet it. So Look for it, everyone, and I will pass now. Thank you. Okay, I will. Um, I will check your timeline and see if I can find it and and put it in the jumbotron there. So thank you so very much again. I appreciate it. You always bring great information and wonderful humor. So I appreciate you so much. Um, and up next is a voice I haven't heard in a while. Um, Sweet Pea, and then uh, Fully Vaxxed, a new voice. And uh, we've got Geechee and then Tip, and we're going to end with that. So, um, Sweepy, how are you? Well, uh, hey, Dee, thank you for giving me an opportunity to speak. And I just wanted to say hello to everybody in the room. I've missed you guys. Um, but also, I would like to add, and I can't remember the particulars, um, but D, you may know because a lot of us are, or some of us are older than most of the people. But uh, in the 80s, the savings and loan uh, institutions had to be bailed out. I, and right. and yes. again, I can't remember all the particulars uh, of that. And, and uh, but that went through uh, the 80s and the 90s. And uh, the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, the government uh, had a, uh, a new department to overlook how they, uh, their business practices were being handled. So, um, you know, what's, what happened, uh, I guess, with the uh, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, um, you know, so how, I mean, have we really learned any lessons? I mean, here we are again, 30, 40 years later. So that that's all I had, but good to hear from everybody today. Thank you. Likewise, Sweet Pea, and I think, I mean, some of us, our memories uh, are long, 
um, and we remember, and uh, we have to help the others whose memories may not be as long remember these uh, these instances. And I think that a lot of us have learned, but what happens is when we get different administrations in, they know what we've learned, and they work actively um, to undo even knowing, you know, and this is, like I said, what in, in the former administration, this is exactly um, what they did. I mean, the pandemic, like I said, they, they threw, they knew it was the coming problem. They prepared for it. And they being the Obama administration and then the former guy's administration just threw it in the trash because they didn't care about that, you know, and that, you know, like that's our democracy. We have two parties and sometimes one's in power and the other. And we have to continue to fight um, for the things that we know um, that are are needful and right. Um, and sometimes it's harder to hold on to those things and to get those things done uh, when we are not the party in power. So, again, it's why it's so important for us to keep, um, you know, Voting, encouraging others to vote uh, because all of these uh, things are are on the line, and we know that there is really only one party that's working to to address these things. But you can only do so much in certain periods of time, you know. And that's the, I guess, the problem I have with some of these uh, populist messages and agendas out here that they give a lot of young people who are just starting to get into the political. Um, arena, uh, the um, miss, um, they, they make them think that, you know, they can just say something or, you know, um, wave a wand and change things. And legislation doesn't work like that. It's, it's, it's sausage making, as our forever president used to tell us. And it takes time um, and it requires people um, building coalitions, working with one another, discussing things, give and take, um, sometimes being willing to walk away with some of what you want, but not everything. It just, you know, and, and we've just reached a time, unfortunately, in our politics where um, some people uh, have lost sight of that or don't care about it. And um, so thank you, Sweet Pea. I'm glad you joined us today. So glad to hear from you. And um, up next, we've got uh, Fully Baxed, who is new. Glad to have you here. Looking forward to uh, hearing from you and glad you are Fully Baxed. <laughs> All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really just wanted to say thank you to UD for hosting the space and, you know, all you do on here. Um, I just really appreciate everything you do and I, I love it. Um, I'm not a big Twitter person, so I don't always respond and reply to anyone or always uh, retweet or like everything, but I do like to read it and get other people's perspective on things. So um, I just wanted to really just say that, you know, it really does take us all working together in order for us to achieve the goals that we hope to achieve and to be able to, you know, better society and other people besides just ourselves. And that is my main thing. And that's all I really wanted to say. I will, I'll keep it really brief. And thank you again, Steve, for allowing me to speak. Well, thank you for coming up to say that. And that's very important. Um, 
um, you know, uh, point that you made there because it does. It takes all of us. And um, I appreciate you, you know, just coming up to say that and joining um, and, and listening. And like I said, so many people come um, and um, join the space and, and just listen in the gallery. And I appreciate that. That's important to me. It matters, you know, um, just actively listening, um, hearing um, the good information that I feel like um, people are able to get uh, in this space and carrying it out into your real life um, and onto these Twitter streets when need be uh, to combat, you know, misinformation and nonsense. So thank you again um, for being part of that process. So, so glad to hear from you today. Uh, I hope you join us again. Um, and um, I hope you uh, are not shy. Like I said, I love to hear new voices, um, but certainly, you know, treasure the old um, who are always in here in the fight, in the fray. Uh, and uh, like I said, I know that just because you don't speak, it doesn't mean you're not working um, to um, save our democracy. So thank you guys so much again. And thank you for uh, coming and, and joining us today. And up next, we've got... Um, uh, Geechee and then Tiff, and I'm going to close close us out. Can Tiff go first? I'm still trying to put my thoughts together. Oh, sure. Yeah. Tiff, you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, I'm cool. laughing at him because he, <laughs> he's been up here longer than I have. <laughs> he's getting his notes and his essay and together. We ain't having no sermon. We ain't having my no sermon. I got to get my sermon. He wants me to go after him because he knows he's going to be like an hour long and that I'm going to have and, jokes on him. No, right? no, no, no hour long sermons today, Geechee. <laughs> the, rever the Reverend Geechee. The Gullah, Reverend Geechee. I love it though. I always love to He's going to come and give his whole dissertation for us about fighting. But I love that he listens to everything and he speaks to points and he, he makes oh his points. God. I love that. He has his list. I already know. So, no, I, I had come up because I, I know that Fish had a question. I think that Don said he had a question for me um, about algorithms or something of the sort. So I came back up to, to answer his question, but I don't know what the question was because I wasn't here. So if he wants well, to come back and ask his question, I'm happy. Is to he? So. Yes, I kind of vaguely remembered. I'm going to see if I can send him an invite to come up. But it was basically like between Twitter and, and Instagram, because I know that you are there um, as well. Um, yeah, he's coming back up. I'll let he can phrase it. So okay. go ahead, Fish. Oh, thanks, guys. Uh, Tiff, I was just asking about um, if it's the algorithm or if it's something else. But does anybody know if it is, in fact tougher to peddle uh, negative sentiment or troll or anything like that on Instagram. Earlier I had said something like, should we be spending more time over there than here? I did not imply in the middle of D's space to suggest that we should get off of Twitter. Um, but <laughs> but what, I, what I was referring to was it seems a lot easier for bots to swarm and, and uh, things like that to happen on Twitter than it is on Instagram. So it was more of like, I get that, you know, um, I know that some people are just better received over there um, and things like that. And so we should be everywhere and hit everything. Uh, but my, my question was, does anybody know if there is actual science to the idea or extra protection to the idea that maybe um, it's harder for bad faith acting, so to speak, to take hold on Instagram? Um, 
and because I was wow. some videos that that were wildly more circulated over there than they were here. Um, so I was just wondering if you knew. That's all. Yeah, I would say I would say from my experience that being on Instagram that there is there is a lot of I think in my opinion there's a little bit more regulation in terms of like videos and stuff like people can report stuff um and especially even on TikTok like if you oh my god TikTok is ridiculous but Instagram I feel like people don't really use it in a negative way so to speak there's it's much it's a much more positive environment doesn't mean that there's not um negativity that's being spewed because the shade room surely does post a lot of nonsense that gets circulated and that's where i usually see a lot of the bots so they swarm those bigger accounts um but it's not as political as it is on on twitter right so instagram and even on facebook instagram you know you're showing a picture or you're showing you know kind of you know a, a, a video of something and people are, you know, more receptive to it. Now, if there's a negative story, like I said, like especially on in the black media, so like the um so so shade room, their baller alert, even TMZ, um, that other Hollywood, whatever, with Jason Lee. I mean, those accounts, if they post something and it's usually not about politics politics right i mean there's a very very rare occasion that they will so for instance mark and i mark and i we there was a post where they were talking about you know there was a post about about kamala and he you know they, the person was saying something negative like they started talking about the cop thing right but you do see people push back on there so I pushed back on the person Then Mark came and I gave it to him. I'm like, Mark, deal with this person. So we kind of are tag teaming over there too to kind of, you know, say, look, listen, we have to pay attention to what these people are saying. I see Kenny over there pushing back, um, but it's a lot of bots. There's a lot of bots over there more so. Hey, um, Elizabeth, your mic is open. Just so you know. I don't know if you know. Um, so yeah, there's a lot, there is a lot of bot activity on those kind of bigger posts that you don't necessarily see, but, but I always, I always think of it. And even on Biden's posts, it's a weird, like, so on, on Twitter, right. When you go to Kamala's account, there's a ton of bots that are like, like going in on her, on her account on Twitter. You, I mean, on Instagram, you don't really see that. Like there's, there's not as many people swarming her account. I think Twitter is just more political on Facebook. It's more, there's a lot more people that are political on TikTok. It's interesting. If you are posting something that is where you're angry and Kenny will attest to this. Um, if you post something that, and, and Jose too, like if you post something where you're angry, people will gravitate to that more than if you post something positive. And I think that's true of Twitter too. Like if I make a post and I'm cursing well, and I'm acting that, crazy, that's how like the more. <laughs> that's how the algorithms of social media, you know, like they, they're keyed into that now. So, yeah, it's it's designed kind of to get more engagement because yeah. of that. Yeah, no, it's true. And on Instagram, but I have seen where I've been posting videos on Instagram and I'm getting a lot more people, you know, to like it because they're spreading it around. So, so and someone told me this and I thought it was interesting. They So there's someone that's like an avid TikToker. They told me that. You can have somebody like TikTok. TikTok has um, 
moderators, so people behind the scene. So if you have somebody that's like a Republican that's your moderator, they will make they won't allow your stuff to get spread. But if you have somebody that's like a Democrat or somebody that likes politics, then they will push your 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 work so you never know who's watching behind the scene and kind of pushing it to the algorithm. I don't know if that's true on on Twitter, but it seems like it is true because I it's it very interesting what will go viral on my TikTok. If I post a video of let's say a politician talking like Hakeem Jeffries for instance, that video will get like I don't know 50,000 likes. But if I just post myself talking, I won't get as many. It's it's a it's an odd thing the algorithm and how it works. Um, even on here, sometimes stuff gets sometimes the 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 post that you think is the least productive, you put no effort into. It's like one sentence, and it will go viral. Versus the post that you wrote, you know, took your time and wrote a whole story and put all this effort into it'll get you know 10 to 15 likes or something so it's an odd thing how things get pushed through the algorithm but i do see that the algorithm on here is is getting a little is kind of going back to what it was because at one point i mean stuff was just getting in like put in like a black hole you just it was just sitting there and people's stuff wasn't moving and even i'm starting to see people that I haven't seen in a really long time are starting to show up on my timeline again. And people have told me, they're like, Tiff, I haven't seen you in like three months. So I don't know what, what um, Elmo did, but apparently they must have pushed the button and something changed in the algorithm the last couple of weeks. So I hope that helps. Can I make a quick comment on that? No. <laughs> Very Go ahead. rude. Go, go um, ahead. <laughs> on for Meta, yes, there is an alg their algorithm pushes people towards content they hate. The Facebook, um, the Meta whistleblower um, stated that they did that. Twitter before, well, obviously um, Elmo was not in charge when um, she was a whistleblower. They were doing it also, and also the Alphabet companies, which is Google. I mean, which is Google. And YouTube were also pushing negative comment as um, negative um, commentary it, towards it, people, right? As opposed the to positive because they reacted mm -hmm. to it, right? They engaged with it more. So um, on this app, I think Tiff just noticed that I think it, that is changing. But I also think that they're also putting for people that I have like blocked are now showing up in my feed, and I don't like that. I don't know why they're doing that, but like I am seeing like everyone I follow now. But like the people I block, I don't want to see them. I blocked them for a reason. And they keep showing up on my timeline, which is pissing me off. And I was short. Well, I have that issue too, where people that I that I that have blocked me, I now see them on my timeline as if I want to see them. I didn't even remember you existed, but for some odd reason, now this has happened four times in the last four days where somebody that I have blocked. Or some I didn't block them back. They blocked me because people do block me because I can be a bitch. Um, they they actually are showing on my timeline, and I'm like, why am I seeing them? So I don't know what the hell is going on with Twitter, but it's it's an odd thing. So whatever. Well, you know, e Elon's in charge, so you know, and he only he's running this app with you know what less than 250 people or somewhere. They're about and even they are frustrated because they try to fix something, unplug something, you know, and, you know, 
every all kinds of stuff breaks. I mean, didn't we have something that broke last week <laughs> that, you know, they were they were trying to to do one thing and it caused a, um, a cascade of other things to to um, go wrong and, and bad. And I think that we uh, will probably be in for a lot more of that because I don't see him. Um, you know, working really hard to bring on, you know, more staff to fix any of these things. He's just going to, you know, make this bare bones, whatever it is, you know, work however long it works for as well and, and as well as it works with what he got, you know. So, like I said, it's, you know, it's on, you know, it's on life support. So and and you know, kind of by design. He you know, he broke it on purpose, kind of the GOP way. They love breaking stuff and then, you know, talking and screaming about how broke things are and you know, how the other party, you know, aren't isn't doing anything about it or whatever. But, you know, I digress, as Shante says. Um, so were you um finished, um, Tiff? Did you have anything else that you wanted to add? No, I'm just waiting to hear what Geechee has. I know it's going to be like, you know, 30 minutes. So I'm just going to wait for him to say what he has to say. And, and you have a good day, D. And um, first Thank of you all, so much. <laughs> first of all, very extremely rude. But anyways, I am actually going to be extremely brief. I want y'all to put a timer on. Does anyone have a timer on their phone? This is oh, gonna I'm, be... putting, I'm gonna put the timer on. It's 3:49. We'll see okay. when you answer. It is going to be less than 30 minutes. Because um, it's going to be about mainly one person, but not always. Warren, this woman, Elizabeth Warren, that was basically the focus of that article yesterday. That demon, that snake, that wannabe race appropriator. Let me talk about her for just a short period of time. Warren is not an economist. She's not an econ economic. Ne ah, I can't speak today. Econometric statistician. She's not a forensic accountant. She's not any form of accountant at all. She's not an expert on financial products, an expert on financial services. The CFPB was not her idea. It was the idea of somebody else. And what she copied, something she's really good at, gave a speech about something she's very good at, and then got the credit for. She didn't come up with the idea. She didn't know what the idea was, the fundamentals of the idea, but she got the glory for it. When the CFB was constructed, when new cabinet positions are constructed or a new agency is constructed, the vice president is given the council to guide it through, through this wonderful building which exists right next to the White House called the old executive building or the Eisenhower building. And the vice president at that time name was Joseph Robinette Biden. And during the beep, beep stakes, excuse me, I can't talk today, and also during the primary, there were lots of stories about how working with Elizabeth Warren drove our now president almost to insanity because she is hard to work with. Normally we hear that about men being hard to work with or overbearing or they don't listen or they're stubborn or they're bullheaded. But that could also be called an Elizabeth Warren too. The system worked in this scenario. It did what it was supposed to do. This bank is properly leveraged. Its products weren't chopped up and divested. Risk assessment was done. This bank chose to go outside of the lines and probably outside of the law and decided to do business with somebody that it's off limits to do business with. And if they suffer, too damn bad. 
but the government did what it was supposed to do. Banks fail, businesses fail. That's part of the economic cycle. Over 500 banks have failed since 2009, and we're all okay. We're still gonna get ice cream at night. We're still gonna get to say good night to, um, to Junebug and all of our other friends when we go to sleep. It's all gonna be okay. Biden, who was our president, who is going to run for re-election, who is going to kick the shit out, uh, excuse me, kick the mess out of Donald Trump, most likely, maybe DeSantis, maybe some other person that has no personality, actually has a lot of legislative experience on this subject. One of the benefits of Biden being in office since the 1870s is that Biden has real-life experience tackling this issue when it comes to legislation and staffers that have done this before and other people that are in the party that have done this before. And he also has something in the book Game Change, a really good book on the 2008 election, except for all the negative stuff about Elizabeth Edwards and Hillary Clinton being called the B word all the time, but I digress. He also has what I would call pseudo experience because in 2008, Obviously, George W. Bush knew he was not going to be president much longer and that either Barack Obama and Joe Biden or, God forbid, John McCain and Sarah Palin were going to be president. And so he invited them to D.C. and had them consult with the White House on what the steps would do. That way that they would be lock chain. And McCain decided, oh, I'm not doing this because he decided, I'm just going to skip out on saving our country during this great economic time. But Biden and Obama did do that. So he had a voice on the 2008, on the legislative side for that. And then when they became president and vice president, they had the actual experience of getting it done and knocking out all of those massive losses that happened under another failed GOP president. Vice President Harris is not a slouch when it comes on this. This may be surprising to some people. It shouldn't be surprising. When we give all these adulation to that absolute demagogue, um, Elizabeth Warren, and her prodigy, another demagogue, Katie Porter, those praises should be going to Harris. Harris, who actually has an education in economics, who is actually the daughter of a world-renowned economist, her father, Donald Harris, is a world-renowned economist. What are we doing here? She was part of the Three Musketeers that brought economic justice, a power that prosecutors have the power to do, with her good friend, Bo Biden, and her other musketeer, Catherine Cortez Massa, or as I call her, the Latina Kamala. They fixed a lot of these issues and also protected millions and millions and millions of Americans and pushed the Obama administration and the, and the two AGs, the two black AGs, even further when it came to protecting citizens because those three miscadeers would not stop. So we're now down to a time where businesses have failed. And when they fail under the, G, G, uh, the GOP, we get massive damage, and we've seen this massive damage since the 1870s, and as recently, it wasn't a long time ago, 2020, when we had a worse economic fate that happened to this country than even 2008, than even the savings and loan scandal, than even all the other recessions and depressions that happened beforehand, except for the Great Depression. And the Republicans 
were baffling and bumbling and didn't know what to do. We also are armed with Democrats who have fixed, stopped, and rebounded from all of these economic disasters. We get one from Trump, Biden fixes it. We get one from Bush, Obama fixes it. We get one from um, Papa Bush, um, uh, Clinton fixes it. We get them over and over and over again, and the Democrats always fix it, and then Americans act like the Republicans are good on these issues. They've got to stop voting for people that cause chaos over and over again. With that, that's all I have to say today. I am very, very happy to be far under 30 minutes. I deserve cookies. I deserve cakes. I deserve flowers. With that, thank y'all for holding the space today. You I definitely. I And Tiff, I was way under 30 minutes. You were minutes. seven minutes long, but that's that was, fine. That's, yes, actually, that's actually a record for you, so we're going to hold a it. A record? I think I had been time. like, I think I've spoken like 30 seconds once before. No, you I have cheat. not. That's not even possible. <laughs> Well, they don't call me a one-minute man. Stop, you two. Stop it. That was awesome. And, I mean, you packed a lot of wonderful information in there. You deserve all the cookies today, Gigi, because you brought it. And it was a great way for us to, you know, kind of wrap um, our discussion up because, you know, I feel like, you know, it has been centered around the financial crisis and, you know, other things. But I, I love that you um, made everyone, you know, brought back to our, our remembrance, you know, who gets things done. It matters. And we need to keep letting people know that these are the people that are fixing things and let people know that, you know, the others are busy breaking them. And, and, and that's their MO. We have seen, if you've lived any amount of time, if you've read, studied, you can see, and Geechee just pointed it out to, to you. I mean, over and over again, we see when they are in control, uh, they go crazy uh, with no regulations, just, you know, giving, you know, all their buddies, you know, their tax breaks and all the things that they want and you know the rest of uh, our economy and people be damned and then we get to a crisis and then the democrats have to swoop in and fix it you know and certainly some of these worst crises um the two people that we have um in charge of this administration are the ones who were very very actively involved in repairing it and they have the skill sets. They have them and we need them. So go ahead, Geechee. I'm going to let you go again. And then uh, Dr. Marshall, and she will be my last voice today. And I'm so glad she came up. Go ahead. This... Hi, Dr. Marshall. I'm to see you here. This is going to be really, really quick, too. Um, this white Christo fascist supremacist wrote a manifesto for the Wall Street Journal. His name is Andy Kessler. I'm putting it into the Jumbotron right now. He's complaining that the reason why this bank um, suffered is because the board, because the upper management in this company is all white, but the board was pushed to have diversity hires, quote unquote, on their board. One out of 14 of these board members is not white. That one person is black. One out of 14 are not heterosexual. One person is queer, and that black person is also the queer person. Two of the 14 serve this country. That black queer person is one of the military person. The other one is a woman. 45% of the board are women. These are other companies that failed horrifically that had absolutely zero uh, people of diversity 
on their board. WorldCom, Washington Mutual, Bear Stearns, Enron, Equibank, Lehman Brothers. There was no complaint at the time about diversity hires. It's full of crock. And we have these conversations on affirmative, affirmative action and DIA, DEI. We need to be armed with a really quick fact. The people that are admitted to colleges the most that do not qualify to be in that college are legacy admissions. They're usually 40 to 45% of white admissions in, in very competitive colleges and around 30% in non-competitive colleges. Those people do not qualify to be in college without the legacy points. They're getting there because either a parent or a paycheck got them into those schools. And they are well, quick to talk about a black person, a Latina person, an Asian person, queer person, a woman being put into a school because of whatever they may think it is. But all of these white rich kids who are usually dumb and in remedial classes, they don't have shit to talk. They don't have stuff to talk about. I apologize for that. So we need to start pushing back on these people, especially Ron DeSatan. They keep talking about diversity weakening in this country. He got into college as a legacy admission. He did not qualify to be in that college. He needs to shut up and allow people that are qualified to go in there and stop taking spots for people that are qualified. That's it. Thank you very much. And that was under, again, seven minutes. <laughs> it surely was. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, but but it is true. And uh, I appreciate you um, adding that um, bit. And someone who can probably um, speak to um, what you just said there um, is up next. Dr. Marshall, how are you today? No, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm not speaking to what Gigi said. Hello, everybody. I'm, I'm getting my injections tomorrow, so my voice will be better. I just wanted Gigi to know his flowers are on his timeline. Thank you. It was a great <laughs> space. <laughs> Thank you so much. I was surprised to see you come up because I know you said your your voice, um, you're you're waiting for your injection. So thank you. She came up just to give you your flowers, Geechee. How sweet is that? <laughs> Very sweet. I definitely appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, she didn't so do that. <laughs> well, you know she's not going to do that. Y'all, y'all have too much fun fighting. You know, if you're not fighting with her, you're fighting with Renee. So, <laughs> but uh, I appreciate all, and I love it. Uh, the fights and all. Uh, it is who we are. Uh, we love one another. We work together um, to, um, you know, do the work and, and, and amplify the messages that matter. Um, and I thank you all for being a part of um, amplifying those messages and doing the work. And I want to thank you again, once again today, for joining me here in the advocacy arena. Um, and my um, co-host uh, keeps sending her those warm, healing thoughts. She's going to be back with me next week. Um, she is feeling better. She's just recu recovering, continuing to recover, but she is on the upswing now. And we're so happy um, to know that and can't wait to have her back. And as I said today earlier, and, and I say many times, I am so thankful and so grateful to all of you um, who support uh, me, the work that I do, and, and that of other people in our community. We are a very, very strong collective, a coalition who understand what is at stake 
Um, and we, um, we're very laser focused on that, our messaging and our work. So I just wanna thank you all for joining me here um, today. And I look forward to having you in the next space uh, with us where uh, we will continue our wonderful conversations. And I just want to leave you um, with these wise words from, you know who, the late great representative John Lewis. Do not get lost in a sea of despair. Be hopeful. Be optimistic. Our struggle is not the struggle of a day, a week, a month or a year. It is the struggle of a lifetime. Never ever be afraid to make some noise and get in good trouble, necessary trouble. So I love all of you great, um, all of you good troublemakers. And I know that you are going to continue going out, making noise and good trouble um, and making a difference. And I just want to leave you with peace and blessings. And I'll see you next time in the advocacy arena.